It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As our lives get more back to normal here in May of 2021, we want you to incorporate VIP benefits into your summer. And therefore, we're offering a sale for you to check out what VIP membership is all about. Go VIP for just $1.21. Go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full details on VIP membership. And on the sign-up form, enter coupon code MAY121. That's MAY121, and you'll get a full month of VIP membership for just $1.21. You can apply that $8.79 discount to a three-month or one-year sub also. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Coupon code MAY121. We'd love to have you as a VIP member. Check out what it's all about. And we hope we can earn your business forever. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the best of PW Torch Livecast for Friday, May 28th, 2021. Today, I have chosen the May 22nd, 2016 episode from five years ago last Sunday. It was WWE Extreme Rules in Newark, New Jersey. I was there on site in the building for the big Seth Rollins return and a massive crowd pop in anticipation of the triumphant babyface return to Seth Rollins, but it turned into a heel run, and it just, uh, it's been downhill for Seth ever since. One of the biggest missed opportunities for WWE in recent memory. And I was there for that, but James Caldwell and Greg Parks were watching on pay-per-view and got caller reaction to that event. It was Roman Reigns against AJ Styles, and AJ Styles' world title pay-per-view main event, uh, challenging the uh, top star, the top single star in WWE. Also, Charlotte versus Natalia. There was also the current John Moxley against the current Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose against Chris Jericho, in an asylum match. They would be on their way to AEW a few years later, as we now know. Also, a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. Does this sound familiar? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the mix here, along with Cesaro and champion The Miz. Plus, New Day versus the Villains. Remember them? Aiden English and Simon Gotch. Rusev, now in AEW, taking on Kalisto. Gallows and Anderson, now in Impact in AEW, against the Usos. And Baron Corbin, against Dolph Ziggler, in a spinning-their-wheels-lifers match. Um, I don't think they called it that. It was an ODQ match. So anyway, uh, James Caldwell and Greg Parks discussing this event with live callers and emails. They also talk about future AEW centerpiece star and EVP, Cody Rhodes, and his weekend exit. So this is a fun show, two hours of conversation, analysis, breaking news, and more. Let's get to it. Today's PW Torch Livecast Flashback. You are listening to the PW Torch Livecast. This is the Extreme Rules postgame show here on Sunday night, May 22nd, 2016. I'm your host, Torch Assistant Editor James Caldwell, and I'll be joined by Torch Calm is Greg Parks in just a second here at PWTorchLiveCast.com. A quick reminder, all of our coverage of tonight's pay-per-view is at PWTorch.com or PWTorchVIP.com if you're a VIP member. 
my full report on Extreme Rules, Pat McNeil's blog, all the news and notes from a newsworthy pay-per-view, plus vote in our polls. We like to look at the poll results during the show. So go to be, uh, be sure to check out PWTorch.com or PWTorchVIP.com and cast your vote. Zero to ten, best match. We want to know your thoughts on the show. And, of course, we're here doing phone calls. Uh, call us up here on the show, 646-721-9828. Or you can drop us an email at PWTorchLiveCast at gmo.com. Let's go to the aforementioned Greg Parks, Torch Columnist extraordinaire of the SmackDown variety. Greg, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for the extraordinaire. Really appreciate that. That's a that's a good way to get this show off to a nice start. <laughs> I was actually trying to I was stretching as I was trying to find your phone number, and I had to stretch out the introduction and make sure I give you a complete intro as I was trying to scroll down the page to get you on the line. So a little behind the scenes of of what prompted the extraordinary long, extremely nice introduction for you, Greg Parks. Greg. Uh, zero to ten, right off the top. Do you have a zero to ten from tonight's show in mind? Uh, well, I, I have it as a thumbs up. Uh, sitting at probably around a seven right now. I thought the IC title four-way in the main event, just on their own merits, made this a thumbs up show. I thought the undercard uh, up to the um, up to the Jericho Ambrose match was good. There was nothing that that blew me away aside from the IC title match. But I thought the booking was sound and, and the right people went over. Uh, Jericho Ambrose lost me. Uh, I don't Everyone. know what that match was supposed to be. I don't know what they were trying to do. The story leading up to the match, they were uh, vacillating between comedy with the potted plant and uh, the seriousness of it. Um, and that the, the lack of a good story, I think, hurt this match as well as the added 10 or 15 minutes on the end that just made it seem like it went on forever so that was really the big bump in the road for this pay-per-view but other than that i thought it was a really solid show i think the, the it was interesting they were both back to back the, the matches that you just mentioned were back to back the intercontinental title four-way and the extreme ambrose asylum potted plant match gimmick thing they, they were back to back and and they highlighted that if you have a good backstory and you have a good lead in it you know, generally it leads to a, a good match and a you know a, a well executed match. And if you have a goofy lead in, if you do stupid stuff on TV, it oftentimes leads to a goofy or stupid match. I mean, it's it, it's kind of it's pretty basic input output. And I mean, this is a, up and down the card tonight. But Intercontinental Title Four Way had really good build up. I thought you know with Owens and Zayn and you know, Cesaro on the rise and Miz has completely resurged since WrestleMania. Uh, and then that led to an epic match of the year contender for the Intercontinental title that the Miz won and retained. And then you have Jericho Ambrose, which, you know, again, like you said, I, I mean, there was, <laughs> it was... It was a really tough spot to be in right after the four-way Intercontinental match. But yeah, like you said, it, it went on just forever. And, you know, it was like, like every five-minute segment they were building to a new weapon be introduced. But nobody cared about the mop. You know, it, it was, uh, I, I don't know. That that match we're going to talk about for a while. I'm sure we'll get to it in a second. But um, I think we, we've also got to touch, obviously, in the main event. The uh, well, I have the second best match of the show. I, I think it sounds like you're t- there too, Greg, of uh, Reigns and Styles. Uh, just a main event-worthy match. It, it, it fit the Extreme Rules, modern Extreme Rules version or, you know, 
there's no blood. I mean, there's no excessive violence. Mm-hmm. It's modern WWE Extreme Rules match. Um, so it fit that. Um, and you had the, the Usos and, and uh, Gallus and Doc involved. Uh, you, you had, as I dubbed it, you know, midway through the show, the night of the finisher kickouts. Um, you had Reigns kicking out of two Styles clashes, including one on the chair. That was excused. Well, that's not really his finisher anymore either. So that, that's, yeah. that's a little unfair. But traditional uh, finisher for AJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess technically the phenomenal. Yeah. I guess the phenomenal forearm is his finisher in WWE. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right. That, that's an interesting point. Uh, and so Reigns wins by intercepting the, I guess the the, the new finisher, the uh, phenomenal forearm with the spear. And then the big story of the show, Greg. Seth Rollins comes out after the main event, takes out Triple H to cheers. Well, the, what we thought was going to be how WrestleMania would end, you know, uh, two months ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, but Rollins takes out Reigns and asserts himself as the next challenger to the WWE title. So, a lot to unpack there from how the last 30 minutes of the show unfolded. Greg, what are your thoughts on the main event? Uh, Reigns retaining and then insert uh, Seth Rollins. I think that was a Freudian slip you made when you first referred to Rollins taking out Triple H instead of Roman Reigns. Oh, I didn't realize uh, when I said you, that. That's funny. I think it was because he hit the, the pedigree. Hit the pedigree yeah. That's probably where it came from. Um, but yes, uh, I think you really hit on something. The, the whole idea of the modern-day extreme concept in WWE seems to be more chaos-oriented than weapons-oriented. And I think that was borne out in the Usos versus the club in the first match of the show, where it was nonstop action. You had the, the tornado rules, so it should have been nonstop action, and it was. And it was, a, it was a chaotic scene, chaotic brawl. And I think that's more of what WWE leans on when they talk about being extreme nowadays in this PG era, or wh- however you want to term it. And, you know, uh, Styles and Reigns had more leeway to get more extreme in the in the traditional sense in the main event, but that was still a match based around chaos even before the club and the Usos got involved. So I think that's trending toward extreme nowadays for WWE is that whole chaotic feel of something constantly happening rather than what we've come to, to believe is extreme, the use of weapons, the use of violence to the nth degree uh that seems to be more how wwe is framing it these days um seth rollins getting involved was interesting that's a a spot that's long been uh, a spot where people were expecting finn balor to come out Mm -hmm. um it seems to me that uh that it's going to be rollins and reigns i think styles would have a tough argument to stay in the title picture um now they could hand wave certainly and, and make it a three way at the next pay per view, but I'd like to see it boil down to Rollins and Reigns at this point and have Styles go on to something else, whatever that may be in, in the near future here, um, whether it's the Money in the Bank match itself, which is the next pay per view coming up, or a special event. Um, so I think Rollins certainly injects some much needed life into the main event scene. And uh, I look forward to seeing how that plays out, not only with Rollins and Reigns in the upcoming weeks, but if Styles is still involved at all in that picture. Yeah, the, you know, we've been talking for uh, you know a month and a half about Styles and Finn Balor as a possible you know detour. Um, you know, the, the 
the issue is the takeover special on June 8th and and perhaps now that Styles, as you said, presumably kind of moves out of the title picture, uh, maybe they, they start building the tension between the club members where Styles is frustrated because, you know, he could say, well, club member, you know, Carl and Doc, if you didn't come out during my match, that would not have brought out the Usos. Therefore, when I had Reigns pen, one of the Usos would not have pulled me out of the ring. So I, I imagine maybe they'll get some tension building and... Whether, you know, here we go with another at Money in the Bank or the night after on Raw, uh, perhaps Finn Bauer shows up and, and asserts himself as the next opponent for AJ. So, I yeah, maybe maybe they have AJ and Doc and Carl just kind of have tension for a couple weeks uh, and not announce him for a match other than, you know, the Money in the Bank match, as you mentioned. Maybe he's in the Money in the Bank match. And that's how they get to perhaps a Styles-Bauer situation is um, just kind of just detour Styles away from the title picture, and, and then eventually lead him down the path to Finn Balor after after the TakeOver special on June 8th. That makes sense to me. Otherwise, Greg, I, I, I don't know where Styles would go because they have him locked either Reigns or the club, uh, and, and every other candidate, you know, is kind of occupied. You know, I think Owens and Zayn's going to continue. I think Cesaro Miz maybe is a singular intercontinental title feud, so... I don't see any other options for Styles, Greg, besides waiting for Finn Bauer to show up. Uh, it may depend on the health of the Wyatt family. If you want to continue to include the club in with AJ Styles' business, that would make a three-on-three situation. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what those guys are ready uh, or when they're going to be ready to, to make a return full-time to TV. Um, you know, you could always elevate Sheamus. They showed him in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie tonight during the show. So even though he just lost in uh, inconspicuous fashion to Dolph Ziggler on on SmackDown this past week, Mm -hmm. that could always be a possibility where you elevate Sheamus and give him some visibility with the movie coming out and pair him with Styles. Sheamus has had a pretty good track record working with guys like Styles, his size, his ability, uh, similar traits that Styles has. So I think that would be certainly worth it from an in-ring standpoint. Um, you know, there are other guys, you know, he could do something with. If, if John Cena doesn't come back and take on Rusev on the Memorial Day Raw, you could always do something with Rusev and, and AJ Styles. Granted, that would be seen by a lot of people as a big step down, mm-hmm. having him involved in the secondary title scene. But, um, you know, where else are you going to go not gonna be, um, if you're not going to be in the title picture? Right. It's, yeah, you're going to go down because you're at the very top already. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I felt like there were a couple feuds that were sort of finished here tonight, more so than at WrestleMania, where we've sort of become accustomed to that in the, in the past. So tomorrow's going to be important. Tomorrow's going to be important to see who gets paired off then. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. 
Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. DailyCast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It felt like tonight was, for the most part, a blow-off to the immediate post-Mania feuds. Um, you know, you might have a couple that linger, like like Zayn and Owens. I don't think that one's done. But majority felt like the end. You know, like Jericho Ambrose felt like the end. Now, Jericho might want it to continue because he lost, so that might not be done. Uh, two things, and then we'll go to phone calls, Greg. Uh, one is about the, the AJ Reigns match. A lot of emails and tweet, tweets about this. Uh, what was Styles made to look weak, either because he lost again or because you know Reigns kicked out of you know Super Reigns, uh, kicked out of multiple Styles clashes, or was Styles the same or even better because you know the, he's AJ Styles and he can he can come out of anything looking really good because he's AJ Styles, uh, and also uh, 
and well, well, I'll get to the second topic in a second. I want to talk about Cody Rhodes before we go to phone calls. But, um, Greg, the, the topic of AJ, did he come out of this program with Reigns or in this match specifically? Uh, better, worse, the same? What, what do you, what's your take on that? I think probably better. And it's it's rare when I would say that about someone who's lost in the big matches against uh, Reigns as frequently as Styles has. I think, and I said this on Twitter um, after the show, I think Styles being involved in the main event scene and in the world title picture so soon after his debut, and we're you know we're a few months out now from from him debuting at the Royal Rumble. I think it. it beat a lot of people's expectations. I think people expected him to toil in the mid-card for a while before he quote-unquote earned uh, his shot. And I think it happened quicker than people expected, so that's got to be a good sign. You have to imagine he's impressed a lot of people with his performances. I mean, his selling tonight was just out of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he was he was off the charts tonight um, with some of the moves he took, especially with the injuries that he suffered, the, the reported injuries that he suffered, I suppose. Um, so no, I, I don't think he looked, he came out of this buried or looking bad or whatever vernacular you want to use to indicate that, that he's, you know, WWE is down on him in any fashion. I don't believe that at all. Now, is he going to move down the card? Probably. I, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. That's the, the cyclical nature of, uh, pushes in WWE. And, um, sometimes in our ardor to want fresh face at the top of the card, we fail to realize that there are not 13 main event spots. Mm. You know, if you want somebody moved up to the main event, someone is going to get moved out. And uh, Styles had a good run at the top here against Reigns, even though he didn't win the world title, which I don't think anyone who follows the product should have been expecting. Mm -hmm. I don't think there should have been this colossal disappointment when he didn't win the title. Um, so I think that he's in a really good spot, even with the losses to Reigns. And that almost applies in a, a certain way to what's happening with the likes of Ryback and now Cody Rhodes. Uh, you know, just a couple hours before the pay-per-view, WWE announced, you know, they acknowledged, well, they didn't acknowledge that Rhodes asked for his release. They just said he was released. They did you know, they didn't, they made it sound like it was their decision and how they uh, announced his, his exit, but... You know, Cody put on Twitter on Saturday that he asked for his release. WWE uh, made it official on Sunday. Rhodes made a, a lengthy post on Twitter explaining his decision, and it comes down to creative. Uh, and I think Ryback's in the same boat. Uh, Wade Barrett was in the same boat. A lot of guys in the same boat just feeling like they were stuck in the middle and there was no upward mobility. Uh, and, and, you know, with the, you know, the NXT call-ups, there were fewer and fewer spots. Uh, fewer spots, uh, you know, fresh spots. And, and I think Cody, as Stardust, felt like he was getting squeezed out. Uh, and, you know, as he said, he wanted to be the quarterback. And, you know, WWE didn't see him as that guy. And, uh, you know, other factors. You talk about the broken creative system, which, you know, I, I did an entire cover story on uh, last July. And a lot of the stuff I wrote about 11 months ago, you know, 10 months ago, all this research I did is, is, coming, to, is coming to pass. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing it uh, with all these exits, and guys are just getting fed up with the system. Greg, wh- what are your thoughts on uh, Cody saying he's had enough? Um, he was very public about why he left, 
he didn't pull many punches in his posts on Twitter. And, and then we'll get a phone call right after this, but I wanted to get your reaction to such a big story that happened right before the pay-per-view. Well, I don't think... I never saw Cody Rhodes as a guy who was going to be a big-time main event guy for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and I understand that, that nobody doesn't see themselves that way. To see him I think what, what yeah. was... Yeah, I think what was most troubling was uh, how hard he worked to come up with ideas for his character or come up with um, different avenues to get over or what have you, and they all seem to fall on deaf ears. Um, that must be incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we when we listen to the Kevin X and the Alex Greenfields on the, the live cast with Wade Keller, a lot of what they say is, you know, ultimately the decision is Vince McMahon's. And we can pound the table for guys, but it's Vince's decision. Ultimately, you know, the buck stops with him. So, yes, creative team members, I'm sure, uh, are to blame for this, especially if you if you take what Cody says at face value with him going specifically to them with ideas and it appearing that they didn't even take the ideas to Vince or didn't even listen Mm -hmm. to what Cody Rhodes had to say. Um, That's a problem. Um, The other thing is, you know, this whole idea that the, the, of the millennials that, that Vince talked about on Stone Cold's podcast is not, not them not being motivated. And again, if you take what guys like Ryback and Cody Rhodes had to say at face value, they are two guys who did all they could to get over and to come up with ideas for their characters and, and do all of that stuff that Vince talked about. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it's like as a writer, and I know there are a lot of writers, but, you know, if you had the entire roster as active in trying to cultivate ideas and, and for their character and for storylines as Cody Rhodes did, I can imagine it would be overwhelming if you had – you know, everybody from Adam Rose to Bo Dallas to everybody who's, you know, on Superstars each week coming to you every week at arenas and saying, hey, I have this idea, I have this idea. you got a, dozens of wrestlers doing that. Um, that might be overwhelming. Now, I'm not saying they all do that, uh, but, you know, you, you don't want to create a situation where the wrestlers aren't advocating for themselves because then you have Vince going on the podcast and saying, well, you know, they don't reach for the brass ring. They're just content to go with the flow, and they don't have that um, that killer instinct mm-hmm. where, you know, here's a guy who apparently does and, and wanted to improve himself and wanted to better himself and get in a better position, and it seemed to fall on deaf ears. It's a broken system. Yeah, it, if you push too hard, then, you know, you're labeled a complainer or, or, like you said, you get ignored for six months. If you don't push at all, then you're looked at as, you know, you don't have any ideas, you don't care, you know, you're not grabbing the brass ring. You know, it, it's it's a broken system, and it starts at the top, man, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough being a writer when, like, you, you, you feel like you have no power to make things happen, and maybe you, you maybe Cody threw out an idea three months ago that you liked, and, and you thought about how do I present it, and you tried it, and it got shot down, and then it's like, okay, well... Now, I, you know, if you're a writer and you can't present anything else to him, to McMahon anymore about Cody, you know, because you'd feel like you'd be right. and, rejected again. And there are there have been reports that Vince doesn't didn't see money in, in Cody Rhodes as a character. Yeah. Um, so if you're a writer and you know that, 
are you going to spend time working with Cody Rhodes on ideas when you know you're just going to get shot down in meetings? Exactly. And I'm not trying to defend the writers who totally snubbed Cody here. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, but you know, if, if there are wrestlers that are coming up and and offering um, ideas and stuff like that, and you get a guy like Cody who you know Vince is not high on, and you you're being pulled in a million different directions by Vince by the process. Um, you know, perhaps there there are better ways to to utilize your time. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that their response or non-response to Cody was was right. They could have easily sat down and said, "Listen, Cody, Vince is not hearing us on you. You know, he's he's not interested." You know, they could at least explain that so he knew and had an idea and, and wasn't so frustrated. But um, I, I'm sure, like you said, the system is broken, and I'm sure it's it's not easy. On either side, either mm-hmm. on the writing side or on the side of the wrestler who feels like he's not being utilized and feels like his ideas aren't even being heard. Communication, I think, is a big. Uh, no, that was the CM Punk one. Was you know communication was uh, there was a breakdown, and I think this has happened a lot now. And either they don't have the right people in position of leadership, or you know, they're just there's not that liaison. That's respected on both sides. Um, you know, like a Jim Ross a decade, you know, two decades ago, um, who has respect to both sides and is viewed as sort of an interme- intermediary in a way. You know, they don't have that person. I think a lot of the communication breakdown has still led to a lot of people wanting out uh, or becoming frustrated. And, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, there, we go for, we go on a long time about the, uh, the big picture uh, about this and also the Cody Rhodes issue, but uh, let's go to some phone calls, and uh, we will talk about Extreme Rules, taking your calls here at 646-721-9828. And let's go first to a live correspondent, live of the show tonight, uh, Mike out of the 540 area code. Uh, Mike, how are you doing tonight? Great, how are you? Hey, doing good. Uh, you were there live tonight. What was your biggest takeaway from the show? <laughs> um, biggest takeaway, um, I have never heard an arena boo somebody so loudly <laughs> when Roman Reigns came out. It was ungodly. I thought that would be, I mean, I imagine that's probably what Attitude Era Pop sounded like for Austin and Rock and whatnot. Flip the other way. But was even yeah. bigger, huh? Uh, flip the other way, in a positive way for them, but yeah, you're right. Right, and but what was even bigger was when Rollins came out, that place came unglued. Mm. It was phenomenal, to uh, say the least. Mm. Yeah, there was a bit I of a heat transfer. Yeah, Greg, go ahead. I, I thought it was interesting they didn't play his music, because I think that would have gotten a really big pop, because it would have been everybody popping at once, rather than the sporadic when you realize he's coming to the ring pop. Um, so they, they opted here to go for the surprise element of Rollins appearing uh, rather than playing his music and have him come down to the ring that way. I wonder if, I wonder if they're going to introduce new music. But, you know? They didn't play his music on the network? No, they didn't. Uh-uh. Oh, they did in the arena. They did? When he came to the ring or when he at the end? Uh... 
No, maybe they, yeah, they didn't. I don't think they did when he came to the ring. Um, okay, yeah, yeah but at the end. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and it was his old music. It wasn't like new music. It was his old his old theme. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think. Interesting. Uh, well, it was definitely his, his old music, but I don't believe they played it. Now that you got me second guessing myself. <laughs> maybe um, it's hurt in your head. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was the ending. Uh, the crowd went to sleep. I think right around the. Um, the cage match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I think they. Uh, it's like everybody left or something. Uh, crowd started chanting, "This is boring. We want refunds. We want Rollins." Wow. There was uh, there was another appearance of the beach ball. Um, until it landed on a security member and he took it away. <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, heard that happened during the pre-show, but right before the show started, there was a beach ball incident. Right. Um, small fight broke out or almost broke out during the um, IC title match when I was praying. It, it kind of drew some attention where it happened, and I was hoping that it wasn't going to pull away from the the match because that match was hot, and uh, it was during some of the best parts of it, and I don't think that conveyed on TV because the security got to it fairly quickly. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good pay-per-view um, minus that wonky cage match with but I heard you all talking about how you know it was it was like a restart every time they go after a new weapon and then of course I think the most over uh, thing in that match was the thumbtacks Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Yeah, the old, the old uh, TNA Abyss spot. You know, I'm having, Greg, I was having flashbacks to a TNA match throughout that match. It was, <laughs> it was just so, as Mike said, kind of wonky. It was, uh, yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a good look um, for that, that cage well, match. Well, the, the whole idea... The whole idea of the match kind of harkened back to the uh, the the TNA, whether it was the I don't know if it was the Ravens Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. House of Fun match or the the Abyss match where he, they have the what is it there the, the, the lethal lockdown too where they got the lower the top and the weapons yeah, are the, hanging where the uh, weapons hang off the top of the cage. So I guess it seemed appropriate that they involved thumbtacks too, given that the whole match concept seemed. Taken right from TNA. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that point. Uh, Mike, Mike, anything else stood out to you from being there live uh, at the show? Um, was the the Corbin match was that a no DQ? It, it, uh, it was supposed to be. It wasn't much of a no DQ match. Yeah. Okay, I was just I was making sure because uh, they did that low blow spot right in front of the rest, and I, I was. I wasn't sure if it was, and I saw it, and I thought, why is why are they not calling for the bell when we had a big issue last month when it happened in the main event? But if it was no DQ, I guess that makes sense. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, but, it was uh, no DQ. I thought you were saying because it wasn't there much. There wasn't much going on that kind of justified the no DQ until the low blow. It was kind of a soft no DQ okay, match. Yeah, yeah. No, other than other than uh, just the tremendous reaction during Roman coming out. Uh, and the booze, I mean, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did, I did notice I was, I had front row right where the, um, uh, the pre-show table was, okay. um, overlooking that area. And, uh, you know, it was kind of neat when they brawled through that area. And then, uh, I, I did notice I was, uh, watching during the cage match when Dean took the, the thumbtack spot and, um, um, what's her name? His woman. Uh, Renee Young. Yeah, Renee was sitting down at the table, and you could see her like she just set her hands on her head, just cringing and shaking her head. And, uh, <laughs> That's a funny. She, she was concerned. That's a funny note. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I kind of I was videoing the, uh, the 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 incident, and then I panned down to her, and she was. <laughs> it was kind of funny to to see, and then. She started talking to Booker T and the others there, but overall, I thought it was a great show. Um, and uh, yeah, probably just to blow off, moving on. I think AJ is going to move on to uh, uh, what you all said about him. Uh, did it? Uh, did it hurt him? I think. I think he'll he'll be perfectly fine. I think he he's proved his worth in the eyes of Vince now, as far as elevating Roman. Um, yeah, that's a big key. And, and, mm-hmm being able to make guys um, with his age and whatever. I think they, hopefully, they, they'll give him his his due uh, eventually, but um, I think he proved his worth. And, and the match, that main event match, was I thought was great. 
I think he'll move on to Money in the Bank winner or something like that. Um, but yeah, him losing tonight, he kind of, I don't know when they cut off air, but he, he just kind of faded out of the picture and it was over, the whole incident was overrun by Rollins and that's, that's, you know, the last image you were left with, not necessarily AJ being defeated right. in the ring, so. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Is they didn't they didn't let it linger of uh, of AJ's loss. They, they, Greg, they did kind of move on to Rollins, and, and not that you all automatically forget that AJ lost, but it wasn't it wasn't like Reigns stood over Rollins. I'm, I'm sorry, Reigns, it wasn't like Reigns mm-hmm. stood over AJ. You know, and there was like a triumph of Reigns over AJ. It was it was uh, yeah. That, that's just a way of looking at it that Mike presented. That yeah, there wasn't this big triumph for Reigns over Styles. So that kind of helped Styles out. And taking the loss, but you're not starting with a focal point in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, I think the people who were would be disappointed by another Styles loss here, or maybe were were for some reason expecting him to win, that feeling was sort of blunted by Seth Rollins' return, mm. and that sort of distracts them from from Styles not winning here. Yeah, and I think that was good. You know, that was a you know, they, they didn't need to have Reigns triumph over Styles. You know, I, I think it was fine mm-hmm. the way they did it there. Uh, good call, Mike. Appreciate the live correspondence. Always good to hear uh, some live thoughts being in the building. That uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. A fight during the Intercontinental Title match. I guess people were just really fired up during that match, right? They just couldn't contain themselves. Uh, they're <laughs> fighting in the ring, fighting the crowd, you know, and then they have the cage match. That didn't really work out. Uh, Let's go to our next caller, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Uh, let's go to the 281. Let's go to our good friend James out of Houston. James, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, the lovely beach ball incident brings <laughs> back memories to WrestleMania. <laughs> and the same thing with the Roman Reigns getting booed. That sounds just rings familiar bells. How y'all guys doing? Hey, doing good, James. Yeah. I, I, I wish a, a beach ball would just make it on TV, one of these shows. You know, just in the corner of the screen, you see a... Uh, the faint sight of a of a strange ball bouncing in the air, and you're wondering what is that? You know, I just, you know, like an old Dodgers game when there was always a beach ball in the in the outfield in the eighth inning. So uh, one day the beach ball will make it on, on the hard camera. But uh, James, what's your mind from Extreme Rules? Um, I thought it was a two match show. Uh, I thought the the you know the matches that you guys kind of spotlighted on is pretty much. Uh, spot on uh, how y'all were describing it. Uh, those matches pretty much elevated the whole show. Um, and y'all pretty much talked about uh, most of the thoughts that I was... Because uh, I had a lot of things that I kind of wanted to touch on, but I didn't know which one to touch on, so I'm glad that y'all uh, kind of talked about most of those things before y'all got to the first caller. Sure. Which brings me to my two questions, and they're pretty simple. Um, first of all, uh, I think Sami Zayn, ever since he came back, he's been... Uh, just tremendous. Um, whether it's the match with Nakamura, uh, the, the, his standout performance in the uh, latter match at WrestleMania, uh, his stuff, the match that he had with Kevin Owens last month, uh, well, not, actually not last month, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and um, tonight. Uh, my first question is, how high do you think um, his ceiling is? Uh, that's my first question. And the second question is just flat out, Preliminary picks, so please don't, uh, you know, hop the fence or just don't say, I don't know, just just a guess, just a bold prediction. What do y'all think right now? And, of course, y'all can change it whenever the time comes. Who do y'all think 
is uh, right now could be a potential winner for Money in the Bank. <laughs> I mean, there's a returning Cena you could do, AJ Styles. Maybe you can have him carry the case for a while. Uh, Kevin Owens, maybe. I feel like there's a lot of good selections uh, this year. So uh, that's all I have. Have a good night. Guys, uh, good callers. Bye-bye. All right, James. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate the call. Greg, it does seem like there are some really good candidates uh, for Money in the Bank this year. I think more so than last year when they ended up with Sheamus. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think the two that jumped to my mind right away are Styles, who we've talked about, and Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, that seems to be a popular uh, pick to be in the title picture, maybe in the second half of the year. Greg, what do you what do you think? Uh, Styles, Owens, somebody else jumped to mind as uh, as a good kid, not to, not just to be in the match, but actually win and hold the briefcase with the title shot sometime in the next you know next year. Uh, Styles would surprise me, given that he's just come off. Um this series with Reigns, and I think it would be too soon to go back to him there. Even though he can hold the case for a year, it, would, it wouldn't it would seem as fresh having him win and having the possibility of him cashing in. Um, a lot of people would would enjoy him having the briefcase, I think, and getting that opportunity again. Uh, I think Kevin Owens is a strong possibility. I think Cesaro is another one who, uh, from the babyface side, is another strong possibility. I just think that the Money in the Bank briefcase concept is is starting to flatten out, and I don't think it's as interesting of a concept anymore as it once was Mm -hmm. or it once had the potential to be. Uh, So I'm not as excited this year about it as I have been in years past. Um. But Owens and Cesaro strike me as two of the top contenders, one from each side of the the ledger there. Yeah, I'm trying. It's so hard because I feel like Reigns is going to be champion until SummerSlam, and then I think Rollins. You know, it's a hard thing. Okay, if Rollins in the title picture now, you know, do they delay him winning until SummerSlam? That's you know three pay per views away from now. Uh, and then you figure out the Money in the Bank winner factors in the second half of the year. So, it, you know, it, it, it makes it difficult to kind of map out what they want to do with that briefcase. They can always kind of have it there if they need to, you know, do a quick title change and then set up a pay-per-view match, you know, in October, November, December, or something, you know, Royal Rumble, January. Uh, so it's hard to kind of predict off of that, off the booking. You kind of have to go off of a pure guess. And, you know, and I kind of tied that in with James' first question of Sami Zayn. I think that Sami Zayn's a guy that's going to be the next Dolph Ziggler. Um, not not so much the guy who rises and then just sort of crashes like Ziggler, but the the good hand, the guy who always, who always has a good match, who kind of finds himself working with heels who need a good face to work with them. I think Zayn's the next kind of Dolph Ziggler with a little bit more credibility. I think Ziggler, Ziggler just really lost a lot of credibility over the last couple of years in the ring based on how he's booked and... Uh, you know, he, he just kind of fell out of favor uh, a couple years ago, and he just hasn't been the same since then. But I don't see Zayn ever sort of ascending to, uh, I don't want to say ever, but uh, unlikely to ascend to a main event uh, position or a WWE title position. I think he'll be that dependable babyface. The You know, Daniel Bryan, before he got the really big push, uh, just the guy who had mm-hmm. a dependable match because you needed to fill a three-hour Raws. Uh, that's kind of Sami Zayn's role. Greg, do, do you see higher, um, a uh, higher ceiling for Zayn, or is he kind of in that Ziggler, early Daniel Bryan territory in your eyes too? Well, it's funny because Bryan was the guy I was going to compare him to. 
Uh, and, and I certainly, like you said, I don't expect the groundswell for Sami Zayn to reach Daniel Bryan proportions, but I think he's a guy that fans, if they choose to get behind him, he's the kind of guy that they can will into the title picture. I think if Kevin Owens one day becomes a made man as a main eventer or becomes a champion, I think you almost have to do Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for the WWE world title at some Mm, point. So whether or not he's champion, I don't know, but I think he can be a guy who is a contender for the championship, especially if Owens is there just because of the story that they've created or that they've told based on real-life history between the two. I think that just makes too much sense to not do that if Owens ever becomes champion. Uh, but I, I see Owen, I see uh, Zane and Brian as two very likable baby faces who uh, I think the crowd will get behind. And I see Zane as a guy who they can kind of will into the main events, uh, sort of like they did with Brian. Again, not to the same level they did with Daniel Bryan to where he's uh, main eventing WrestleMania and winning the title there. But if if the crowd looks for their next new cause, uh, I, I guess Zane could be that guy. That's interesting. Uh, if the crowd would would get behind him at that level, that's interesting to see. If maybe at some point, you know, like you said, if Owens is the champion, that vaults Zane into an automatic kind of title picture, and then that's when the audience really gravitates toward him, uh, almost in a Dean Ambrose way, where Ambrose was sort of in that. Yeah, you know, he's the, he's the good baby face wrestler, uh, but you don't really see him in the title picture. And then there were a bunch of injuries, and he kind of got a, a utility player role in the title picture, never won the title. But, you know, they've kind of built up some equity because he's been in the title picture. Uh, and so, you, yeah, it makes you wonder maybe Zayn will find himself in that position, like Ambrose, who's never won the big one, but he's always sort of been around the title shot, the title picture. Uh, that's interesting to see maybe Zayn gets there via Owens, you know, uh, with their... Long-standing feud and, and never-ending battle uh, that continued on t- tonight. James, appreciate it. Good call. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. 
That's stories of your and yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go next to the 904 area code. Thanks for holding on. 904 and then 630. 904, please state your name. Where are you calling from? Yo, what's up? My name is Jackie Drayton. And yo, the whole thing with that Zeph Allen State, the whole, like, not Zeph Allen, my fault, but uh, the whole like, main event, like, you know what I'm saying, Zeph Allen's coming back and all that. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And uh, my whole thing is this. You're going to have a championship match and we should have ages of winning the title. Yeah, Greg, I think a lot of people want to make the argument that AJ should have won the title and, and either had AJ win it and then Reigns win it back to at least have AJ, you know, have the title reign to, to um, you know, and you make a good argument that, hey, he was in two title matches. He was vaulted into a credible spot at the main, lo- at the main event level in the eyes of the WWE audience. He was elevated just by being in the spot and holding his own, being booked as a strong challenger. Is there an argument that he should have at least won the title, um, and not just because you know people don't want to see Roman Reigns win it or hold, or hold the title? They just wanted right. somebody to beat, beat him. But, but that's uh, unfortunately, James. That's the that's the only reason. Yeah. You know, you could you could put uh, the mop from the uh, the cage match with Jericho and Ambrose in a match with Reigns, and people would say, "Geez, you know." I thought the mop looked pretty good. It carried Roman Reigns. I think he should have won the title in that match. <laughs> the new broomstick is the mop. Yeah. yeah, they don't want Roman Reigns to be champion. And that's the sole consideration going into it. Uh, look, AJ Styles, as a guy who came to WWE, there is a large percentage of the WWE fan base who didn't know who AJ Styles was. Mm-hmm. And for WWE to have, regardless of that, enough faith in Styles to push him so quickly as a main eventer and as a title challenger, you know, I think even though he didn't win the title, what's more important is these performances won over the uh, the crowd in WWE, the casual fans who only watch WWE, who don't know him from New Japan, who don't know him from TNA, and who are immediately skeptical of guys who come in out of the blue because WWE does that so rarely. WWE rarely brings in a guy uh, from outside their system and presents him as a big deal, or at least as big as they presented AJ Styles. So he had some winning over to do with the people who didn't know who he was, and I think he probably did that with his performances up to this point from Chris Jericho through Roman Reigns. 
And that, I think, is more important for his long-term viability in WWE than having won the title here, which would have completely derailed WWE's plans for Roman Reigns. Mm. Like them or not, they have long-term plans for Reigns as the top guy in WWE. Uh, it also would have, you know, you wouldn't have had Seth Rollins return because you'd, you'd have to get another rematch out of Reigns and Styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this certainly felt like, I don't want another another month of, of Styles and Reigns where the Usos and the club are involved every week. You know, that, that story needed to end here. They they had gone as far as they could with this story. It was a good story for the most part, but it needed to end here. And now we go to Rollins and Reigns, which is fine. So for so many reasons, I don't think Styles needed to win here. Would it have been cool? Would I be complaining if Styles had won tonight? No, of course not. Um, but... I don't think it was necessary, and I don't think it needed to happen. I think it will happen one day, but yeah, I, I think it's as much as I don't believe Reigns should be in the spot he's in or has done enough to feel like a main eventer. I think you you stick to the plan, uh, even though I, I, like you said it would have been cool for AJ to win. Um, that was not the plan. I think that they did enough to elevate AJ through the process to where he could come out the other side and not feel like it was a waste of, of him in a main event spot. Because then you're saying, okay, well, they should have waited until they were ready to have him win the title and not put him in the main event. But I think then what else would he have done? You know, if he would have been in a mid-card feud with Sheamus right out of the gate, then you define him down as he's just a mid-carder who came to WWE from this faraway land of Japan that nobody has ever heard of in WWE land. Uh, and who are you going to pair with Reigns in these two main event pay-per-view matches? Yeah, that, then you end up with either Sheamus, you know, like a Sheamus or, uh, you know, Rain, you know, AJ's with Sheamus or Reigns is with Sheamus. You know, then you got one of them is with a, uh, a a dead character like Sheamus, you know, and that doesn't help either one. And, and so, uh, yeah, that, that's that's a great point. So I think that Reigns and AJ kind of needed each other after WrestleMania, uh, and, and you know, I. I I think that more good was than bad was done from this. Yeah, would have been cool for AJ to, to win the title, uh, but I think there I think that time will come down the road. Don't know. I don't win because it feels like Reigns is going to be the you know the dominant force for how you know forever. You know, to, to what it seems like you know, uh, just so fresh into his you know official reign as champion. You got, and you got Cena lingering out there. Um, which, you know, that's the other thing, Greg, is Cena's coming back. The rumor is Cena and Ra- I'm sorry, uh, Cena and Reigns at SummerSlam. Um, but I, I have a hard time with that one because you got Rollins in the mix now. You know, and, you know, are Rollins and Cena going to battle for uh, jockey for position to get the shot at Reigns at SummerSlam? But they turn into a three-way at SummerSlam. Uh, you know, does Rollins go through a two-match series at Money in the Bank and Battleground, and they move on to Cena at SummerSlam. You know, is Reigns going through a, ma- a series of two, two match, uh, you know, the same opponent for two straight pay per views? That, is that what's going on here? Uh, I, I, Greg, I don't think they can bring back Rollins and have him just lose a program to Reigns, even though that's just what they did with AJ. I mean, I, I know it's it's way early to kind of speculate on how this plays out with Rollins, but um, what if Rollins goes through the same thing where he loses two pay per view main events uh, to Reigns? Like what? I know it's kind of hard to kind of gauge that, but uh, do you have any early thoughts on and if that were to play out? What would your reaction be? Well, a lot of it depends on how it's built up mm-hmm. and how Rollins looks and where he goes from there. Yeah, it would appear the, the common sense 
booking would would seem to have Rusev and Cena upon Cena's return oh, for the U.S. title. For the US title. Yeah. Um, yeah, on on Memorial Day. Um, ah, that would that would give him time. That would give Cena time to re reestablish himself as if he needs to. Uh, but to kind of get back into the swing of things, I guess, for a lack of a better term, uh, before getting put right into the main events against uh, against uh, Reigns. So you kind of need that buffer if you do Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam or anywhere down the line. You you would need that buffer, and you you hate to use Rollins as a buffer, but uh, it would appear that's going to be his role here. Uh, if they do two pay-per-views, I, I don't have necessarily a problem with that in theory um but like everything it's a matter of how they execute it mm. the memorial day one yeah that's interesting because i i could see perhaps the uh, Callisto rematch at on raw tomorrow night and then go right into john cena coming out to challenge rusev on memorial day on monday the next monday so strategery greg strategery might be in play here with this with this one interesting I like where you're going with that. Uh, let's go to our next phone call. Next up is from the 630 area code. Welcome to show 630. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? This is Craig from Chicago. Hey, Craig. What are your thoughts on the pay-per-view? Oh, it was a dilemma tonight because I had the Cubs playing also at the same time. Oh, so then that baseball, that's right. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. The Cubs, you know, they sometimes they take precedence over a crappy WWE product, but you know. I watched a little bit tonight. I saw the main event. Um, I saw the cage match. Um yeah, I, I kinda think WWE likes to insult our intelligence as wrestling fans because if me and you if if it was me and you in that cage beating the crap out of each other, we'd be bleeding like stuck pigs. Mm. Alright? I mean, come on, really, seriously. I've been watching this stuff long enough to know that you know, they, there should be some blood. Use If you don't want a blade, use blood packets, something. Don't insult my intelligence. And uh, as far as Roman Reigns, you know, AJ Styles, yeah, it's great. I disagree. He's getting pushed down the card after this. I've seen it too many times with John Cena. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it, it is what it is. And the casual fans, there are no casual fans. Nine out of ten people watching this product know who AJ Styles was going into when, when he showed up at the Royal Rumble. They know who the Bullet Club is. Mm. They know Ring of Honor. The ratings show that there really are no casual fans. Everybody who's watching the product right now knows wrestling. That's all i got to say. All right, Craig, appreciate it. Uh, I I would disagree on the, the percentage of the casual fans. Uh, you, you go sit in a... <laughs> you think? Yeah, go, I would, you know... Go, go to a house show. Go to exactly. a house show and tell them if that's true. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. House show, you know, house show, a SmackDown TV taping, you know, that, that, that's family and kids. You know, that's it's, it's flipped. It's 10% hardcore fans and 90% uh, casual fans. You know, yeah. uh, you know. You can't take. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Where were they at the Royal Rumble? Was it like Philadelphia or something? Where was the Rumble? Was it Philly? Uh, yeah, I think. You can't take, you can't take a reaction yeah. at a place like that where, yeah, you're going to get more of the hardcore fans in the Northeast at pay-per-views like that and extrapolate that out throughout the entire United States. You, you can't do that. I, and I think part of it is, you know, to the first topic Craig brought up about the, the blood, yeah, for long-term fans, it is it, it is insulting that, you know, they're having this 20-, 30-minute cage match and uh, they've built it up this asylum cage and there's no blood. 
WWE's trying to re-educate their audience you know, on, on what to expect. Greg, you mentioned, and we've kind of talked about this at the top of the show, the idea of the extreme is the chaos. Uh, you know, like the opening tag match, you made a great point about the Usos and Carl Anderson and Doc, the Texas Tornado tag match, that was the definition of extreme in today's WWE, is, you know, just the chaos. Uh, Reigns and Styles brawling over the arena, that's extreme, that's, you know, chaos. Uh, not the New Japan faction, but, uh, you know, just the, 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 the word, and I, I think that's part of the re-education process, to get away from blood, and to get people to not think about blood, and and then Craig, you know, they're, they're you know they're not they're not concerned about whether you're thinking about that or not. I I'm with you, I agree with your point on that, but they're not concerned about that anymore. You know, they're concerned about you know def- redefining certain things such as not having blood, but having chaos to match the extreme label. Uh, and I think that's a big part of the uh, you know uh, what they're trying to do with this. You know, Greg, they, they keep you know they keep using the, the term the the new era. Uh, which to me is just so eye-rolling, and it just sounds like a really bad marketing. Um, you know, but it was all over the pre-show, uh, the big cast Dudley segment, the Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler match. Uh, you know, the the new era is also trying to re-educate a newer audience, a, a younger fan base, uh, and you know the social media fan base. The you know um, who you know even though even though they're quote unquote on the internet and they're on social media, Greg, they don't necessarily know who AJ Styles was before he came to WWE because. There's a WWE fan bubble, you know, where the only quote-unquote wrestling that exists is what they see on WWE TV. And they don't know there's a world outside of, of WWE that's, you know, TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, etc. Um, they have no concept of that. And, and that makes up, you know, we don't know how, what percentage of that bubble exists, but um, it's, it's significant. Um, you, think about, you know, I mean, Craig, WWE touts all these social media figures, uh, in their quarterly earnings and press releases, I and mean, you know, 450 million followers, all this stuff. You know, probably only, you know, maybe 10%, 45 million people um, are aware of what's outside of WWE. I mean, if you take that number and you try to find a percentage, you know, uh, and 45 million people knowing about Ring of Honor is actually probably generous. So it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's part of it is having to re-educate the audience on certain things, and that's part of their, their game plan. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is John Arezzi. Matt Memories, My Wildlife in Pro Wrestling, Country Music, and with the Mets is now available everywhere books are sold. 
co-written by Greg Oliver, Matt Memories is the story of my roller coaster life. Learn the inside stories about my days as the host of the groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show and as the wrestling convention pioneer and dealmaker. I hold nothing back. Matt Memories, available now from ECW Press. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Greg, any other thoughts on, on what Craig brought up? Well, I just wanted to talk uh, uh, briefly about the, the cage match again. Yeah. Because there's something I wanted to hit on earlier. Um you know, the the cage match obviously was uh, a, a tremendous bore to a lot of people. Um, and, and the whole feud, I mentioned earlier in the show when we first touched on it, the, the buildup was kind of um, here and there. It was, you know, they tried to be serious at times, they tried to be jokey at times, and I don't think they ever hit the right balance of that. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of the blame goes on... Jericho and Ambrose. Um, I thought Jericho has has really done a nice job as a heel lately, and Ambrose is Ambrose. You know, he's different. He's off the wall. WWE likes that aspect of him, mm-hmm. where he's this kind of Ambrose Asylum, goofy, crazy. What will he do next? Character. So he plays that very well. I, I just thought, from a storytelling point of view, I never thought they got the story right. Um, I think the match for what they, how it was, uh, how it was constructed, where they had a segment for each weapon, and that didn't really work, and they never got to the potted plant, which was what this entire feud was basically about. That's why I didn't get the how most. How it got started? Why was, wasn't the potted plant involved? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I think uh, Brian Alvarez noted on Twitter that a segment got cut, and, and this match had to end up going ten minutes longer than was uh, originally booked for. So if you figure those guys maybe got that number at the curtain or something like that, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare for having to get this extended time. So I don't lay a lot of the blame at the feet of Jericho and Ambrose for that. There was a lot of, uh, by the sounds of it, extenuating circumstances that conspired against them tonight. Um, There were some storytelling issues leading up to tonight. Uh, So I, I I don't blame them a whole lot, but this this feud just hasn't um, set the world on fire like I think some people had hoped. And I thought it had potential, you know, because I think some of the TV yeah. was decent, but some of it was really, really stupid. And so, yeah, it was kind of like, which one would you get? And tonight I think we got a little bit more of the stupid than the, than the good. Um, 
Yeah, that's unfortunate because I think I mean Ambrose and Jericho having a cage match should have been sh- it should have been one of the one of the runners for best match of the night, and it turned out to be one of the runners for the worst match of the night, unfortunately. Um, and you know who who knows what was cut or why, but you know I think that goes you know obviously it could have been a one off thing, but to me it points to the broken system. You know another kind of aspect of that is the last minute planning and. Things change on the fly, and it's a man living off the seat of his pants and enjoying the general and rush of last-minute changes on the day of a pay-per-view or Raw. I mean, he just he, he lives for that. He's an adrenaline junkie, and the adrenaline rush of you know having to make changes on the fly of a live TV day just he, he just that's what gets him up in the morning on Monday or a Sunday pay-per-view. I mean, honestly, I think that's what he lives for is the deadline and running up against it, and you end up with this, which is on the replay right now, the cage match. So. Uh, let's see. Craig, appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Let's go next to the 478 area code. Uh, welcome to the show, 478. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Darrell from Georgia. How you doing, James? How you doing, Greg? Hey, we're doing good, Darrell. Hey. What's your mind tonight? Oh, nothing, man. I'm just saying, um, all right, thank a few. Uh, also, um, just wanted to say a few things, um, I think people don't forget what what a, a good match consists of. Fifty percent um, good in ring action and fifty percent storyline. And when the story don't keep up with the um, in ring action, that's I can't consider that a good match. That's a fifty. That's an L. And um, I just ask people to say where where do you go with um, AJ Styles? AJ Styles haven't won a pay per view since he got there. Both of the matches and pay-per-view that he had with Chris Jericho was the way for him to get his uh, win back. He lost the Royal Rumble. He um he lost every pay-per-view match against Roman Reigns, so he didn't have a uh, a win. And it's like it's downgrading him. They already made the club feel bad. So if they turn on it and then you bring in Finn, he's not going to get a win there. And um anything else, anything, in the match, unless he's in a match with John Cena, seems like a downgrade. Mm-hmm. So it's like the booking for him is was horrible because where do he go? He didn't win the title. Where do he go? You put him in the song with Sheamus, people going to hate that and kill that so they get on the screen. I, so I know that was a good in-ring action match between him and Roman Reigns, but it's just a bad match overall when you add the booking. And you don't know where he's going, and we well, we know a Roman going to Seth, and if Seth pull three losses, what are we gonna think about him? Since we know how WWE books, so I, that's what I ask. Where did you go with him? A man who haven't won, and you downgrading him so much by making him lose. You can't keep taking losses at pay per view. It's the hard part of the booking, is especially Greg when you want to build up Roman Reigns and have this lengthy tire run and all this and. You know, you, you got to feed main eventers, other main eventers to him, and they've got to lose. You know, so then the booking is how do you make that loss not feel like a loss? Um, because, you know, if you look at a face value, like Darrell said, I mean, if you were to, if there was a newspaper that had wins and losses, you know, kept track of standings, uh, and you open up the paper tomorrow, and you look at AJ Styles' record in WWE, you'd say, wow, he's got a losing record. What, you know, what, what's he doing in the main event of the pay per view? Uh, and, and I think that's where WWE tries to take the creative liberty of trying to emphasize somebody beyond wins and losses. 
they, they want wins and losses to matter at certain points. Other points, they don't want wins and losses to matter. And I think in the case of AJ, they don't want the wins and losses to matter because they don't want you to think about, wow, yeah, he lost at WrestleMania to Jericho. He lost at uh, Payback to Reigns. He lost again tonight at Extreme Rules. He didn't win the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I wouldn't necessarily call that a loss in the Rumble, but he didn't win. You know, because 29 other guys didn't win either. Uh, so, it, it's Greg, how do you how do you balance all those things? And, you know, wrestling means such a different thing. It's an individual sport where, you know, uh, there, there isn't a season. There isn't a, a 162-game schedule where you're going to end up losing, you know, you know, 70, 80 games. Even the Cubs, with one of the best records in baseball, they're going to lose 80 games this season. Uh, but they're going to win, you know, 90, 100, whatever. Uh, how do you how do you balance that, Greg, in this wrestling setting and, and make AJ look good and try to minimize the, you know, the loss aspect? Well, if you're an AJ fan, the positive is his losses on pay-per-view are seen by fewer people than his wins on free TV. Mm-hmm. So that's always something that you can take into account is, you know, even though Styles is losing when it counts, he's winning in front of a bigger audience that will treat him as a bigger deal and uh, is, is seen by more people. So that's got to be a positive. Um, I, I'm really surprised at the people coming to the, the defense of AJ Styles so fervently after tonight. Mm. You know, they could have booked him a lot worse. And I hate to say that, but it's WWE and we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know anyone who realistically went into this show thinking that Styles was going to win or should have. You know, if if you thought Styles was going to win tonight, you don't pay attention very closely to to WWE. Um, I, I I I guess I'm at a loss. I didn't think I'd have to be sitting here after a a four star plus match with AJ Styles, where he uh, le- I don't want to say led Roman Reigns to another star making performance, but I mean he was he bumped like the crazy standout in that match just yeah. just as much as Roman Reigns was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's probably not going to be in the title picture for a while at least. But let's not pretend he's going to be on Superstars driving to Tyler Breeze now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's not going to happen. And I don't, you know, there's a middle ground here between, you know, having to face Fandango on Raw in the, the 10.30 p.m. hour mm. and main eventing a pay-per-view. Um, let's, you know... Let's let's be real here. I, I know we're just coming off the pay per view, but um, this is not a, a code red situation with with Styles here. I think I think there's the fear, the fear, uh, the the psychology. I think is a fear that, um, a, like you said, AJ is going to go back down the card and not be important anymore, and, and he'll be, you know, like you said, not not doing things as big as being in the title match or. Um, yeah, but only two guys can be in the title match. That's the, yeah. That, Maybe that's three sometimes or four. Yeah. But but you know it, it's a it's a one on one feud, and just because you're not in the title match does not mean you're being buried. Does not mean WWE doesn't believe in you. Um, and, and I get the fear because they've seen it with Dolph Ziggler. They've seen it with guys like that where they get that cup of coffee and for whatever reason, 
they're shunted down the card, never to be heard from in an important situation again. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I just think it's a little misplaced and a little early to start worrying about that now. Yeah, if we're if we're talking about the, if we're the next post game show after Money in the Bank and AJ's and the opening match against Tyler Breeze, then, then yeah, we'll have the conversation and the, and the fear will be realized. But I, yeah, I think that right now he's okay because he, he he made Reigns look great and. And two back back to back pay per views, you know, uh, he put him over strong, as AJ, as CM Punk would say, and, and I think that's the big kudos for AJ that he put his body in the line and made Reigns look good, and they had two really good main events out of this program, and now they'll they'll find something for him, and maybe you know maybe this month is a bit of a this coming you know uh, the end of May, uh, middle of June to Money in the Bank, maybe it is a bit of a lull period um, to kind of have a come down uh, period, you know, with the club and whatever they're going to set up for. I mean, I mean heck, they, again, they could have a big angle tomorrow night on Raw with Finn Bauer. But I'm assuming that they wait until after TakeOver on June 8th to introduce Bauer so that it doesn't interfere with Bauer and Joe, which is also on, on the W Network. Uh, and so I think that maybe there's a bit of a, a low period, but I still think they're going to have him in something important. Um, they've invested too much in AJ these first five months of the year. Uh, for him to just sort of drift away to to you know the opening match of next month's pay-per-view, uh, so but I, I think yeah people people see Reigns as the next Cena, and everybody remembers you know, all the stuff that Cena you know Cena would feud with a heel and then that heel would lose and then just you know just slide on down the card. I think AJ is a lot different. I think AJ is much different, um, and, and 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 so you know we'll see if it bears that way out. But uh, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. I know people wanted to see him win, whether because they think AJ is cool or they just wanted somebody to beat Reigns. I, I I get that, and and you know, part of me thinks it would have been interesting to see AJ as champion for a month or two. Uh, but I think there's a bigger payoff down the road when he actually does win the title, that that will be a big deal, and more so than a quick a quick run with the belt, just to kind of break up the monotony of Roman Reigns as the champion, um, because ultimately. It's about either Roman Reigns or John Cena. That's, you know, those are the two big players. And it's going to remain that way <laughs> until maybe Cena retires, uh, which whenever that is. Uh, or goes off and does another TV show that doesn't draw any viewers. Oh, yeah. Um, any, Ouch. Any event. Yeah, when you can't draw 2 million viewers on a Thursday night on broadcast TV, I, there, there's a problem there. But uh, What John Cena do to you? <laughs> Wait. I just think that the American Grit thing was too early for John Cena as a non-W star. He doesn't have the cachet of The Rock. He doesn't have that pull, that appeal, outside of the WWE bubble to then draw people into a Fox show that has nothing to do with wrestling. And I think he overestimated that, and I think Fox way overestimated that, and they ended up with a disastrous TV viewership number. Uh, Have you seen the show? I have not. People have told me they like it, though. Like oh. pe- people have come up to me and say, "Hey, I, was, I saw, uh, I saw John Cena on that uh, American Grit show on Fox. I kind of liked the show." I said, "Oh, really? Nobody's watching it. What, like, what, tell me about it." You know. Um, so people, have, people have talked to me about it because they, you know, they know I'll write about wrestling, and they're like, "Hey, John Cena, he's on Fox. Yeah, uh, I like the show." So. Wow. It sounds like a good show. It just, you know, the, the marketing was so bad, and it's on a terrible decision to put it on a Thursday night up against SmackDown. W's not even promoting it. It's. You know, John Cena is not a mainstream star. They're, they're trying to shoehorn him in that role as a mainstream star. 
Um, you know, so I, you know, wh- wh- I'm obsessed with numbers, and you know, you know that, Greg, and and ratings and viewership. Well, really, I, I yes, <laughs> what a I, I'm well aware <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> Uh, that, that's right. I was going to talk about the financials on on last Monday's uh, Raw post game show, and I, and I forgot about it until you were off the air. So you were off the hook last Monday. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I saw this come with the viewership numbers, and I just I don't feel like Cena has the mainstream appeal to be the host of a non wrestling show on Fox or any other broadcast channel. Is this a is this a Chris Jericho downfall situation rearing its ugly head again? Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I see. I liked I liked Jericho on that show. I mean, the show was kind of dumb, but I liked Jericho on it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good there too. It, it just, you know, he didn't have. It, you know, it's a wrestler hosting a wonky game show. You know, and and this one is a wrestler hosting a a military themed show, which just sounds cool. But you know, there, there's no stars um, besides Cena, and Cena doesn't have mainstream appeal. Like, oh my gosh, I got to tune in to see the show that Cena's hosting. You know, it's not Hulk Hogan in the '80s, and I think Fox was misguided in thinking that or something. But uh, I, I've had this I've had this promo in my head for a month because the numbers have been bad for a month, so it just kind of came out. Um. Anyways, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Uh, let's go to the next phone call. Next up is from the 601 area code. Welcome to the show 601. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Sarge from Jackson, Mississippi. How y'all doing? Hey, doing good, Sarge. What's your mind tonight? Uh, well, real quick, did anybody report any weird network feed? Because for the first time 
It was real choppy. It kept doing deja vu, matrix repeating, huh. uh, skipping, looping. I never had it before. And you think for this kind of pay-per-view, it wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I had one uh, one freeze, I think, during the tag title match. Nothing else besides that. James in Houston texted me that he was having issues. You know, we're in the same city, so it might have been different ISPs, internet service providers. So it might have just been a, a thing where just different service providers had issues across the country. But I, I haven't, Greg, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen a lot of network sort of uh, issues expressed on Twitter, especially not as much as, I think it was what, Fastlane in February was really bad for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but uh, I haven't seen that much about it uh, for this pay-per-view. Greg, did you experience anything, or have you heard much from, from people on Twitter about uh, about network issues? No, I, I didn't have much of a problem this month. There were a couple pauses here and there, uh, but I, I think... And, and mine mine would kick back to standard def a couple times oh, yeah. for, for right. a, a fair cool. length of time. Um, but I, I had... I think the last pay-per-view they did was the worst feed I'd had um, since the network era began. So I was a little concerned coming into tonight, wondering what it was going to be like, but it was fine tonight for me other than those few hiccups. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it just sounds like it was kind of sporadic, you know, just kind of depended on, you know, whatever the factors are that go into the network stream. But uh, I guess it was was just more pockets than, you know, widespread. So um, anything else on your mind, Sarge? Yeah, also, you know, everybody been voicing opinion about the uh, Seth thing. They're happy he's back. But like uh, Greg was saying earlier, hopefully AJ Styles is still in the picture because, you know, I said my first, my favorite word in my head. said, uh-oh, here comes, here comes the burial <laughs> shovel. He comes back, then it comes back, or it comes back. And so much for the the new uh, new era revolution. I'm just have to, you know, I'm being optimistic. I'm just waiting. But, you know, that day is ready when I come out of the corner of Memorial Day when – we hear. I'm 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 just putting my head down now, like, oh boy, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But uh, I'm just trying to be optimistic, guys. And then, as far as the money bank winner goes, it's just been a uh, it's been a classic trend. The person gets it, he goes on some little weird losing streak. Then you know, to me, what's the purpose of getting that thing? It's like a little curse. Then to win the title. I'm just dreading who they're going to give it to because it may be the scenario, ooh, I don't want it. But that's all I have, guys. All right, Sarge, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Greg, Sheamus wins it again this year. You know, to capitalize on the instant success of Sheamus in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, we're going to put the Money in the Bank briefcase back on Sheamus, just like last year. Yeah, um, That <laughs> would be a, a problem, I think. Uh, so hopefully they have a better idea than that. Uh, but as you said earlier, Greg, it does feel like Money in the Bank is... You know, it's a it's a bit on the downside of the of the hill, um, and, and I don't know what they can do to rebuild it. You know, it just it's kind of played out a little bit. Um, the interesting thing about um, is the Sarge Cena coming back in a week. Is Greg didn't um, didn't Cena kind of give his blessing to Callisto before he left, and then now Cena's coming back after Rusev won the U.S. title from Callisto. So that's kind of an interesting connection that just popped in my head. But assume, this is all assuming, obviously, that Cena goes after Rusev in the U.S. title when he comes back. And, uh, you know, I, I think about all that stuff, and it feels a bit, you know, dated. It feels like it's so, like so two years ago. 
Um, can they pull it off and make it fresh where it's a, a rebuilt Rusev against a returning Cena and, and kind of pushing Callisto out of the picture a little bit uh, for that program? Yeah, certainly I think that's that's possible. Uh, Rusev has gotten back on track the last few weeks. He's got Lana back with him. He's got the uh, United States title back. So he certainly hit the way back machine the last few weeks. And he's a lot more entertaining now than he was with the League of Nations. He's back to where he was. Maybe even more entertaining than he was when he was uh, initially you know, getting that big push because now he's speaking a lot more. And holy cow, is he really entertaining when he talks <laughs> uh, or when you follow him on Twitter, uh, as it were. But um, I think it would be interesting to see him try to hold his own in a, in a promo battle against John Cena face-to-face mm-hmm. if it comes to that, if Cena comes back and, and WWE trusts Rusev enough to do that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I think they can, you know, too many times WWE goes to these wells so often where – instead of using a previous feud or a previous storyline the guys were involved in to enhance the feud, it ends up feeling too much like a rehash and like been there, done that. Um, So it can really go one of two ways. WWE can really make it seem like, oh, Rusev and Cena, we've seen this before, let's move on to something new. Or they can use their history together, uh, battling at WrestleMania, Rusev with the tank, they can use that previous showdown and, and the previous feud between these two to help enhance where they are now and you know how have things changed since then, that sort of thing, mm. to, to really help enhance the, the current feud they'd be in. Good point. Uh, this is the, uh, the Extreme Rules postgame show. I'm Torch Assistant Editor James Caldwell. I'm joined by Torch columnist Greg Parks. We're taking your phone calls and emails here talking about uh, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. The number to reach us here is 646-721-9828. And, Greg, I wanted to reset a little bit and kind of look at the title the title balance now. After tonight, you've got uh, The Miz and Maurice. You've got Rusev and Lana uh, as the mid-card singles champions. So you got two heels. Um, you got the tag titles with uh, The New Day, who are babyfaces who do heelish things to retain the titles. As tonight, Kofi Kingston with a Trouble in Paradise when he was not in the match. Uh, and then you've got uh, the women's title still with Charlotte. And then you've got uh, Roman Reigns, a, a heel. And you got Roman Reigns, who, you know, is a heel to most of the audience, and then babyface to the casual audience. Um, so you really don't have a true babyface holding the, a singles title in WWE right now. Uh, and the match we really haven't talked anything about is the women's title match between Charlotte and Natty. I think that match was a disappointment for a lot of people, or they were just indifferent uh, because of the, you know, the, the word of the night, wonky way. They kind of got around uh, the Ric Flair being banned from ringside. They had, I thought it was Charles Robinson coming out dressed as Flair, but um, it was Dana Brooke. Uh, I guess they're maybe the same height or similar height. Um, and uh, the jacket obviously masked uh, the size of the individual inside of the robe. I'm not the mask, the robe. Uh, Mask the size of the individual, so you didn't know who was underneath uh, the robe, uh, with their back to the to the to the camera. But uh, Greg, I mean, I didn't. No one. I don't. Well, maybe some people expected Natty to win. I didn't. Surely didn't. Uh, they found a way around the stipulation. There's no Shane and Stephanie to correct the wrong, uh, like it. You know, like uh, payback last month when uh, Reigns and Styles had a wonky finish initially. Uh, what did, what's your take on the title situation? And you know, they're trying to get heat on the heels. 
It feels a little bit goofy in my eyes. Uh, what's your take on, on this women's title situation, which has gotten pretty much no attention tonight? Well, the, the most interesting thing to me is Dana Brooke being involved in this whole thing. This is yeah. obviously a last-minute decision based on Emma's injury. And uh, I, I don't know if it's WWE not believing that Dana Brooke can go at, alone on the main roster right now. She needs some help to sort of guide her and to help uh, keep her over as a heel. So they're sticking her with Charlotte. And I don't know if this is, I don't know if she's meant as a replacement for Rick. If it's a Rick storyline has sort of run its course, which I kind of feel like it has, but also I, I feel like when Charlotte loses the title, that's when, um, that's when Rick should exit. So uh, part of me believes that he should hang on and, Somehow the babyface who does eventually defeat Charlotte will sort of get around Rick's tricks and what have you to to win the title. And then he sort of disappears and Charlotte uh, is on her own. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how Dana fits in here with Charlotte. Is she going to be, you know, the the little sister to Charlotte here? Um, uh, Because... And the tough thing was, you know, she and Emma were basically equals in that partnership uh, for the most part. And I, I have a hard time seeing WWE portraying her as an equal to Charlotte. And that's, I guess, my slight concern there. Um, but regardless, I think involving Dana in this title situation is is a bit of a boon for her. Um, it's a uh, sign that, that WWE believes in her to at least do something mix her up with those with those women mm-hmm. um and now you you have to imagine natalia is going to be rotated out of the of the title situation no one calling in to complain about natalia being sent down the card <laughs> like aj styles unfortunately um i think we're used to it natalia see. yeah the, the yeah maybe yeah. so um but yeah natalia i, I assume that she's uh going to be out of the picture now although you know she's got she she could make a case that she deserves another shot. What with Dana distracting her, leading to the submission. Although she, I mean, she did. Uh, it was a submission uh, match there, so um, she has maybe less of a leg to stand on than if it was a straight up distraction. Uh, now it's a matter of who does Charlotte go go on from here. You know, um, uh, it's hard to say. You know, Naomi and Tamina have been out. Sasha Banks is out. Uh, they too soon to recycle Becky Lynch back into that spot. Uh, so that maybe they get another month out of Natalia. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's very, it's becoming very thin on the women's side all of a sudden. Could it be a time for Bailey to, to come in now that, like you said, all the injuries have sort of cleared the way and, and, uh, you know, Bailey is not on the takeover special. She's not in, they, they did, they did an injury angle to, for her to not get a rematch. Again, I might be spoiling for some people, but, I think it's pertinent to the discussion, which is the you know, Bailey's not getting a rematch the women's title at the TakeOver special. Um, they're doing an injury angle uh, for her not to be included. So she doesn't have that hanging over her head like Finn Balor does with the, the TakeOver special on June 8th. Greg, what, is this a time for Bailey to come in and, and be the next the next big thing to challenge Charlotte? I think it could be. You know, this past week on NXT TV, she lost cleanly to Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if you read into it, it certainly felt like, and I, you know, I don't know what happened the rest of the tapings. Um, 
so I don't I don't know if she you know comes back and wins the next week or whatever like that does the the fifty fifty booking, but uh, it certainly had the feel of maybe she was finishing up in that territory and doing jobs on her way out as um, as used to be the case. Right. So even then, it would they I think if they called her up, it would have been a, it would be a last minute thing. So maybe they wouldn't have had the foresight to do that with her. Um, Last minute thing due to injuries and and things of that nature, but um, you know it could be a situation where you call her up and you say, you know, let's give you a one month run until some of these other women get healthy, and then you can go back to NXT and maybe come back at a different time. Mm. Sort of like when they had Sami Zayn come up and, and face John Cena for the U.S. title mm. in that quick match before he got hurt um, and went back down. Uh, I I don't know if that sort of yo-yoing is good for for a wrestler, but it's not like it's been tried consistently with someone on top. You know, Zack Ryder's done it and, and guys like that, but um, not for someone you're portraying at the top of, of the division like they would be with Bailey wrestling for the women's title. So, it's interesting. yeah, if you call her up, you call her up permanently, you know, and, and risk her getting lost in the shuffle when all the other women come back, mm-hmm. or do you call her up as a straight-up injury replacement and just have her ride out a month or two until the other women come back and have her go back to NXT and be the glue of that division for however long you need it until you can establish some more women who you can take on the tours and who can draw fans, and then you feel uncomfortable enough calling up Bailey permanently because you have enough other women in NXT to, to make up for that spot. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. That's the hard part is, you know, I think especially with NXT becoming a touring brand, I think the two, I, I was, the two biggest attractions are Balor and, and Bayley. And if you have, if you lost both of them, uh, to the main roster to just sort of be, yeah, I, I don't know if they'd be ensemble parts of the WWE live house, you know, just the regular house shows. They're just sort of part of the package. Um, but I, I, yeah, you know, it depends on how they're presented on the main roster, but I think that, you know, losing them and just, I mean, I mean, I guess Nakamura is kind of becoming the, the main attraction, or one of the main attractions for the house shows, the NXT house shows, so you still have him, plus obviously Samoa Joe is the NXT champion, but, you know, I, I don't know if they could handle, I mean, I don't know, the brand is still so strong, and there's still such a freshness to it, you know, it still feels like a, a fresh touring company that... I don't think they would all of a sudden lose, you know, you know, have half-empty buildings if Bauer and Bailey got called up. But there's, there's a certain expectation of them being part of the package of the NXT brand right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they could, WWE could afford to lose both of them to the main roster at the same time. Um, yeah, that's that's a hard one. That's a hard one, but. If there was a time for Bailey to be called up, I think it is right now. Unless, like you said, they just do one more match with, with Natalia and wait for Sasha or whomever to, to kind of come back and be part of the mix. But 
yeah, I, I don't know. Mm, yeah, that's a tough one. That's really hard, but good stuff. All right, let's go to more phone calls. And uh, next up, from the 912 area code, welcome to show 912. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Michael from Georgia. Hey, Michael. What's your mind tonight? Uh, on my mind, uh, I thought it was kind of ridiculous during the main event when uh, AJ was going on a rampage with a chair, and I counted maybe seven or eight times he hit Roman, and then, you know, 15 seconds later, out of nowhere, he hits him with a spear and then wins. I'm like, <laughs> what was the point of even hitting him if he wasn't going to sell anything? I mean, yeah. I could get like a minute later or 30 seconds, but not like 10. That was a bit ridiculous. And another thing I have is, uh, I can't I can't figure out which match was worse, the women's match or the asylum match, because they were just so boring. <laughs> um, the, the women's match had that really strange finish, mm-hmm. and I agree. And I agree. I thought that was Charles Robinson who came out in the <laughs> in the robe in the little robe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, hmm. They played it a couple weeks ago on Raw, and I, I mean, asylum match was kind of lame. It felt really drawn out. Until people got excited about the nails, and I'm like, mm, that seems really brutal." Because every time I've seen that brought out, it just hurts to watch. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they they kind of lost their way a little bit. Those matches back to back, Greg. I, I, the the overall match itself, the cage match, and then the finish again of the women's title match, it, it just it just, you know, go back to last, you know, last month, three weeks ago with the Survivor Series uh, Part 48 uh, of uh, the women's title match, and you come back here with a goofy, you know, Ric Flair impersonation distraction. Um, and those are back, to, you know, I, I don't think they were anticipating the cage match coming off so badly. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I don't think they were expecting to have a, a bad cage match and then a bad finish to the women's title match back to back. I think they were expecting a you know, a really good cage match, then, well, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of sneak in this sort of silly finish women's title match. It just, they happen to kind of go back to back to back here. Um, yeah, you know, the one about the, the chair shots and Roman Reigns, you know, um, no-selling that a little bit before the finish, no-selling a lot of the, 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 um, the attack from Styles uh, during the match, I think Greg is just you know Reigns is in that um, that John Cena image of the superhero. You know he's the super Cena, super Reigns. Um, you know I go back to the Kevin Owens John Cena series of matches when they just you know Cena kicked out of like you know just a ridiculous number of finishers and big moves from Owens and you know it was like is this match ever going to end because they're just kicking out everybody, everybody each other's stuff and I mean how how do you even end this match because there's no way to for one guy to lose. Um, I just think that's that's the Vince Man mentality of the superhero, being invincible and all that kind of stuff, and and to the regular trained eye, it just it, it does come across ridiculous. Um, I mean, if Greg, if if I took a chair and I and and I hit somebody with it eight times, they wouldn't be getting up. But you know, it, it's just, in real life. But you know, it's just you know, Roman Reigns is presented as the next superhero. That's that's the deal, and it's. Kind of a weird thing when they present a reality, you know, it's a reality era and all this crap, and and you got Roman Reigns who's not, who's just superhero, who's you know presented as a superhero. 
Um, so it, it's a difficult balance uh, in that respect. Greg, what are your thoughts on that particular aspect of the main event? Uh, there are times where you can blame Roman Reigns for not selling. And his selling, has, I don't think, has ever been a really big strong suit of his. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if this is a situation where you can blame Reigns himself for this because usually, you know, the the finishing sequence is pretty... This this wasn't a mid-match, you know, Styles working on his leg and then Reigns not selling it later on when he should have been. That's, that's a little different than a finishing sequence, which is usually the part of the match that's laid out ahead of time, um, and transitioning from the chair shots quickly to the spear, um, that's, I, I think, part of the match that's usually laid out by, you know, the producer or given instructions by uh, Vince, uh, if it's if dealing specifically with Reigns probably, or you know, agreed upon by the wrestlers themselves, what have you. Um, usually that's the part that's, that's known ahead of time. So um, I, I think it would be harder to blame Reigns in this situation for that, just basically because it looks like that's just the way for whatever reason it was set up um, at the end of the match. And yeah, like you said, um, you know, it, it reminds me of this was the more extreme example, but what was it? Uh, SummerSlam when Cena's team took on Team Nexus, hmm. and Cena was DDT'd on the concrete floor outside the ring, and then popped up and came in and, and hit his finisher seconds later <laughs> at, to pick up the win uh, all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it reminds me of a situation like that where. You know, I don't know that WWE knows how bad that makes somebody like Cena look sometimes, and um, or or in this instance, Reigns. Uh, I don't think it was a, as big of a deal as that that Cena moment. Um, but like you said, he's the superhero who isn't invincible, but he's pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. And I think people can only take so much of that, you know, until it, you know, the suspension of disbelief reaches a certain level. Uh, now, to a casual viewer or maybe a kid, you know, it's it's cool. Like, they, they liked that. You know, they liked that he got up from multiple chair shots and hit the spear, um, you know, the mid-air, mid-air spear on AJ to win the title or to win the match and retain the title. You know, like, that's cool. It, you know, the idea of it's a real-life superhero come to life. But there's got to be a balance you know, and I think too often they err on the side of, well, we'll just kind of go with him as a superhero. We'll take we'll, we'll take that angle for this match. Um, I think overall, Greg, I, I think to kind of sum it all up, their fan base is so so different. Um, there are so many different segments of the fan base, and so many different vantage points, and everybody you know, different age, different gender. Um, different location. I mean, there's so many different demographics of watching the same match and the reception to it. And I think WWE, WWE try, and, you know, Triple H always uses the analogy of, you know, they're pop music. Um, you know, NXT is like rock and roll or heavy metal, you know, some, uh, maybe a, a more defined genre. And WWE's pop music where it's more, you know, trying to appeal to everybody and trying to get everybody on board. 
And you know, and we end up with these situations, Greg, where they just sometimes they just lose everybody because you know some people want him to be this way, some people want it to look this way, some people don't want him anywhere near the main event. Some you know some people want him to win every single match and destroy the you know some people are pro- you know like a lot of Roman Reigns fans might be mad that he went 20 minutes with with uh, AJ that they didn't feel like AJ belonged in his. Well, I mean, an- another post game show this was like casual WWE fans would be mad that AJ went 20 minutes with their hero Roman Reigns, you know. In, in like a Seinfeld Bizarro World live cast, you know what I mean? Like, um, WWE just, you know, they, they reach a lot of people, but they turn off a lot of people, you know, um, because you know, certain people, you, you reach your limit of what you can accept, and, and they cycle out, and WWE tries to draw, have as big of a net to draw more people in to replace people who are leaving. It's, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, the nature of the beast, I guess, Greg. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes WWE hurts themselves because they're so resigned to the fact that, okay, nobody's going to like Reigns, so let's just do all the stuff that's going to make his fans happy anyway, mm-hmm. which makes the other fans even more irate. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's the little things like, you know, for example, having him sell a little longer after the chair shots. Have it a minute instead of 10 seconds, um, like was suggested. The casual fans who love Reigns aren't going to notice that. The fans who don't like Reigns and who pick up on that stuff a little better are going to notice that and say, well, you know, he took those chair shots. At least he didn't come back 10 seconds later and hit the spear. At least he sold them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's little things like that that they could be doing to not make it so easy for these fans to hate Reigns, I guess, sometimes. Or, you know, this may be a nitpick, but there are broader uh, – there, there are broader ideas and, let's say, catchphrases mm-hmm. that are easy to make fun of Reigns for, or easy to, um, <laughs> yes, easy, easy to the fans who don't like Reigns to confirm their dislike of him. Mm. I guess I should say, rather than find ways to say, okay, you know, I'm not a huge Reigns fan, but you know, at least he sold the chair shots. At least he didn't pop right up and hit the spirit. We can't say that because. You know, WWE's already resigned themselves to the fact that, okay, this part of the fan base isn't going to like him. Let's just move on and, and make him as attractive as we can to the fan base who already likes him. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling-related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Yeah, because you look at the, him, him kicking down the Styles Clash, even if, as you said earlier, they've established the forearm as the finisher, but the Clash is what's recognized by Styles' fans as his finisher. Kicking out of a Clash, kicking out of a Clash onto a chair, even if you had one of the Usos pulling AJ out of the ring for a temporary yeah, distraction. Yeah, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I, I thought they should have, I thought, and I know why they did it, because they, they wanted to really sell that near fall, mm-hmm. but I wish they had gone a little longer and again you know this is me nitpicking in the same way the caller was nitpicking about the chairs 
in the in the spear. But you know, I wish it had been a little longer that he was distracted, so it didn't feel so quickly, and it didn't feel like what amounted to a five count instead of a three count that he kicked out of. Mm. Yeah, and I think those, you know, either the chairs or the clash, yeah, or both clashes, it, it adds up. And like you said, I think you really framed it, I think really captured it, Greg, is they, they added more reasons to not like Reigns. You know, um, instead of giving you more reasons to like Reigns from this match, they gave you more reasons not to like him. And it kind of adds to why people, you know, don't like Roman Reigns as a character, as a champion, as a main eventer, whatever the label is. Um you know, kicking out of the class twice, the the chair shots, and then the finish. Yeah, I think that's three reasons with different weights depending on on your vantage point. Um, to be like, you know, I just don't like the guy, <laughs> or I don't like how WWE's presenting him. You know, I, I think that adds to people's dislike. And I think that's more of what it is. I mean, the, can we get past this fallacy now that Roman Reigns is a bad wrestler? We heard the chance tonight. You can't wrestle. You can't wrestle. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Aside from the hiccup with Triple H at WrestleMania, he's had some pretty darn good matches. Are we going to sit here and give credit all the credit to his opponents, who have been very good? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but you know Reigns has more than held his own in these matches. So when fans say they don't like Reigns, I don't think anymore it's you know he he can't wrestle as the, the crowd's chant, which is almost sort of you know as much of a reflex as booing him at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, it's more of we don't like this character because it's it's wishy washy and it's lame and it doesn't feel authentic to who Roman Reigns is. So we're rejecting him, and the way we're showing that rejection is during his matches, we're just gonna pick everything we can apart about him um, yeah. because you know he's had some he's had some really good matches. And I think the fallacy that that he can't wrestle is sort of out the window at this point, or should be for the most part. There's got to be a better chant. Maybe uh, you are limited. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, it just doesn't have the same rank. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it really doesn't. Um, get creative, people chanting. Yeah, get creative. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, that, you know, they just... The way he carries himself, he has sort of, you know, he, he's playing into the booze now. Um, and, and he carries himself a little bit more like a jock. A little bit more like, yeah, what are you gonna do about it? I'm the champ. I'm not gonna lose the belt. They, you know, you know, there's a, there's a bit of an edgier arrogance, borderline arrogance to the character now, and I think that bothers people too. <laughs> you know, it's like everything we, we that he does. The point where that bothers people. Yeah. We could be at the point where the best part about Roman Reigns is actually his wrestling work. <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about getting flips on his head, but I, you know, that could yeah. be where we are at this point. Mm. Uh, especially if he's with a good opponent who who helps, yeah, who definitely yeah. helps. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, talk about bizarro world. Yeah, I mean, if if he was in a if he was in a program with like Sheamus right after WrestleMania, we we'd be having a whole different discussion about uh, about you know the match quality. I because I think AJ is a big difference maker, and you know, and, and I would say Reigns has had uh, he's done his he's done his share. He's he's definitely held up his own. On the on the two matches, um, but AJ has done a lot of work to make him look good, mm-hmm. you know, in the CM Punk sort of way. Um, yeah, I you know, moving on to Rollins, it looks like, and 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 how's that going to look? And um, 
That'd be interesting. It, you know what, Rollins is, I assume... Well, I I don't know what to assume about Rollins, and I don't I don't want to jump too far ahead with Rollins because we need to see how he's actually presented when he comes back on TV on Raw on Monday. Assuming he's on Raw on Monday, it wasn't just a one hit you know one hit and disappear. Um, but uh, you know, does he come back with is he hanging out with Triple H and the Authority? You know, um, is he pounding around? But then you got Stephanie McMahon who's kind of playing a babyface right now. So you know, that's interesting dynamic to to kind of explore. But that's for another time. But uh, yeah, Rollins and Reigns uh, should be interesting in, uh, in a couple pay-per-views to come, assumingly. Uh, let's go to our next caller. Next up is from the 510 area code. Welcome to the show 510. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Yo, this is O'Brien from Fremont, California. Hey, hey, O'Brien. Good to hear from you. What's your mind tonight? Um, I just have like three comments and like four questions I wanted to get off. Um, I right, do rapid fire. Okay, so, all right. Uh, well, the comments I have like that Fatal Four Way was like amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it stole the show. It was like one of the best I've seen. The women's title match, uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. The Dana Brooke thing didn't really make sense to me. I don't get. It. I guess that was kind of like a throw-in just because of the Emma injury, but I don't get how, what Dana Brooke has to do with that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And to go back on the, the, the Super Reigns thing, I don't. it kind of ticked me off how he kicked out of the quote-unquote boot of doom. Two styles clashes and multiple chair shots. I just, like, I knew Reigns was going to win. I just don't like how he won. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot uh, about Carl and Doc hit their finisher on Reigns too, Greg. So yeah, he kicked out of like four or five finishes <laughs> in this match. So yeah, even more reasons not um, to like Roman Reigns. Uh, go to Brian. <laughs> um, all right, questions. I'll rapid fire. So, what are your thoughts on a feud of AJ versus Cena? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Sasha Banks is going to come in now, or are they going to wait on that? Do you think they'll keep Rollins a face? And what are your thoughts on Ambrose winning the briefcase? Ooh. Ambrose with the briefcase, Greg, a baby face uh, with the briefcase. Uh, what do you, let's go with that one. Let's go reverse order. What do you think about Ambrose winning the Money in the Bank briefcase? I think Ambrose could do some interesting things with it, and, and I wouldn't be <laughs> against that. Yeah. Um, Especially after the cage match. Know, he could I, do a lot of interesting things with the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah, and just because of his character and his nature he may be able to freshen up the briefcase in a way that others wouldn't be able to. Um, he may be able to think outside the box or the briefcase as it were, um, <laughs> coming up with, with different ideas on maybe a unique way to cash in or, or something of that nature that, um, would be unique to Dean Ambrose, the character, uh, and we wouldn't see with someone else holding the briefcase. So, uh, I would, I wouldn't be against that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I just started picturing Ambrose, like, dressing up like uh, a businessman with a briefcase, you know, just doing some mm-hmm. some goofy stuff like that with, like, horn rim glasses and a tie and a suit, and, and it'd be kind of funny to see that. Uh, Sasha Banks is interesting uh, because, she, you know, she's injured. We reported today. I got information that uh, she suffered a concussion at a house show last Sunday and don't know the severity or how long she's been off. She's going to be off TV or house shows. Um, so 
if she's healthy, but even if she were healthy, Greg, I still feel like they would hold off on her until SummerSlam. I, I think that she's the yeah. she's the one to beat Charlotte for the title, and, and I think that happens at SummerSlam. Is that is that what you're thinking too, Greg? Yeah, that feels like a SummerSlam program. Yeah, and so that gets back to the you know how do you fill the gap? Uh, you know, is that Bailey? Is it stick with Natalia? Is it go back to Becky one on one? Yeah, I mean you kind of you kind of run out of options very quickly, um, especially with um, a lot of shuffling because of injuries. You know, it's kind of hard to see who's after Natalia that that actually feels fresh. Um, AJ and Cena. Age, oh, 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 before that, uh, Rollins as, as a babyface. That, that's kind of what the, the the discussion I wanted to hold off on until we see how he's reintroduced officially. Uh, I, mean, I think that he'll be a face to a lot of fans opposite Reigns, but is he presented as a traditional face, you know, uh, opposite Reigns? Uh, I, I don't know. Greg, do you, do you have an early feel for the presentation of Rollins, uh, you know, as far as heel or face, or they just sort of leave it murky? I wouldn't be averse to portraying him the same way they portrayed AJ Styles, which is yeah. pretty much a baby face, I think, for the most part. They they had their moments of heelishness, I think both he and given the situations involving the Usos in the club. Um, I think... I think Rollins is going to be cheered by a large of the fans when he comes back, just based on the fact that he's a returning star from injury. Um, so it's going to be hard to curtail those cheers early on. And it's a matter of whether or not WWE plays into it and Rollins plays into it on the mic. You know who just came to mind as a potential fill in, uh, fill in the gap challenger to Charlotte is Paige. And, Mm-hmm. Where she might fit in. She did have a a title victory over Charlotte, I believe, a couple weeks ago. That's right. Okay. With Rick not at ringside. That might. That's the. That's one we've been missing. I, I've been trying to think. I feel like there was somebody else that's we've been missing from the discussion. Yeah, I, I could. I think that's a potential uh, follow up to Natalia is, is Paige against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll hold off on on uh, Bailey. We'll keep her in NXT. Paige comes in, um, she can lose, and then kind of build towards SummerSlam with Sasha. That's that's kind of that's kind of my sense of it. I, that's that that's the missing person that uh, I think kind of fits the, the bill. AJ and Cena, Greg. Oh man, that's going to be something when it happens. I don't have an idea of when. Um, I mean, AJ and anybody feels kind of fresh. I mean, he just he he either has history on the independents. On the big now on the big stage or zero history with everybody in the roster, so everything AJ is going to do is, for the most part, I mean there might, be, there might be some weird program, you know, at some point that he gets stuck in, but uh, I think for the most part he's going to be doing a lot of really fresh matchups. Obviously, the uh, the big one is AJ Cena. I think that's that's the epic one that uh, people want to see. Um, kind of an alpha male of WWE and Cena, and then the alpha male of the outside world. Uh, for the last 10 years in AJ Styles. Greg, when uh, set up any initial thoughts when you think about AJ and Cena locking up? It's an interesting match. I don't know that it's really something that, that screams that it needs to be done now right? or anytime soon. Um, I think that could be held off for, for down the line. Um 
like I said, I think it's a unique matchup. I think it's a little bit from from a storyline point of view. I don't know if there's a lot there. You mentioned one angle they could take. Um, you know, they're both they're both pretty strong baby faces. Um, so I don't know how that how that would work. You know, the matches I'm sure would be really good. Um, but from a character point of view, from a personality point of view. Um, I, I don't really see them meshing as big-time enemies, mm-hmm. big enough to get fans interested in this the feud beyond the actual in-ring performance, which, I, I you know, we shouldn't understate that. That's a very important part of it. But um, what we saw with, with Ambrose and Jericho, how important the story aspect of it is, too. Um, so I, I think they could still hold off on that for a while. I almost see it as one of those. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's the same category as seen in Undertaker, but along the lines of, I think fans would just get excited to see, you know, the the longtime WWE superstar Cena against the guy who's been a superstar everywhere besides WWE, and, and now lock up and see what happens. And and James, if if ninety percent of the fans truly knew who AJ Styles was outside of WWE, I would agree with you. <laughs> but I don't necessarily think that's true, so I I don't I can't be as gung ho about that as you are. Oh, certainly. I mean, I think they've done enough. They've done enough groundwork to build up AJ as um, a big enough deal to where that's a big deal if he were to lock up with Cena, but. I'm not saying it's the love of Undertaker. Obviously, Taker's got 25 years of equity and a streak, and you know he's you know he's the guy for for you know historically. Um, but as far as taking an immediate build of a guy and presenting him as a big deal right off the bat, and getting the general WWE audience like, okay, AJ's kind of a big deal. I get it now. And, and then you lock him up with Cena, um, that makes him even more of a bigger deal. Immediately, and but I'm with you. I don't think it happens right away. I don't think it should happen right away. I think it's a match to to save for you know that that's a SummerSlam, that's a WrestleMania, um, you know Royal Rumble, you know a, a, that's a big that's a big pay per view match. It, it might not have anything on the line, you know, it might just be a straight up singles match. Um, but that's a heck of a straight up singles match uh, if it's nothing on the line, you know, just to see those two guys lock up. So. That's just something to kind of think about for down the road, I think. I think that's an interesting question that O'Brien brought up. Appreciate it, O'Brien. Thanks for calling in. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame 
and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match, and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Let's go to our next caller. Next up is from the 404 Erie Code. Welcome to show 404. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? This is Jamal from Atlanta. Hey, Jamal. Good to hear from you. What's your mind? Um, I thought the show was was pretty good. Um, a couple comments is, first of all, <clears throat> that Intercontinental Championship match was the match of the night. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I know the last couple months we've been talking about The Miz. I don't know. Maybe this is his best best work he's done in in the ring and outside the ring. And I really think he's the only, besides Kevin Owens, is the really the best um, heel character. He's really bringing the heel character back, winning, sneaking and winning those old elements of being a heel that, you don't really see too much of it. Honestly, I think Kevin Owens is a good heel, but he don't really sneak to win. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. the Miz is bringing that element back, and this is really his best work. And I think it's going to be one of some of his most memorable work when you reflect on his career when he um when he's done. And also that women. I know we've been talking about. I know you've been talking about the women's champions, women's match. That was just weird. And <laughs> and honestly, I'm. They they put it like the second second to last match because I think they thought it was supposed to be like the one of the best matches which it was billed to be and I knew Charlotte was going to win but it's like they could have did it better than that and I think they did Dana what, what's her name Dana Brooks right right Dana Brooks um, mm-hmm. yeah um, they did that because um, they really didn't have anything else for her since Emma got injured and I think that was a way to keep her on TV and like, like I heard y'all saying earlier, it was kind of last minute. Mm-hmm. And, um, the last thing is that what do you think of the chances of maybe AJ winning the money in the bank? Yeah, I, I think, um, uh, I think Greg, we've kind of reached a consensus on AJ as uh, a strong candidate, uh, to win. And, you know, I, I think he's a top three candidate to win. Yeah. If I were to rank him, I would say Owens, uh, you know, Owens, um, Styles are my top two, and, and maybe a wild card, depending on how, you know, somebody emerges in the next three or, you know, two or three or four weeks before the money in the bank that we're maybe not thinking about. Maybe Cesaro, I think, Greg, you mentioned Cesaro. Um, so he's, he's a candidate, too. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think AJ's a definite candidate, but, you know, do you want to have him with the briefcase um, kind of hovering over the W title picture after exiting tonight? So that I think that's the knock against that idea. So I'd give it to somebody else, you know, if I were to pick. But um, you know, like a Cesaro, like a, an Ambrose, like an Owens, uh, somebody else kind of off the radar. Um, I don't I don't know who else, but uh, yeah, the, Greg. I mean, they're, they're they're you know, in the past that women's match, the Divas title match, and the 
the match before the pay-per-view. I mean, that was the signal was the buffer match. You know, that was the signal. Uh, and they're trying to redefine that as more of a prestigious spot. Um, there's not a buffer match. It's the semi-main event. But when they keep doing the finishers they've been doing, and even if it's to get heat on the heel, and to try to build toward a big conquest for whoever actually wins the title, I just think that the finishers the last two pay-per-views have been too goofy um, to get effective heat on Charlotte. I think it's been more of sliding backward toward a buffer match than sliding forward toward you know, a prestigious semi-main event slot. Um, Greg, do you feel the same way? Do you think, which, how, where do you stand on uh, on where they are as far as trying to redefine the slot for the women's title match? These have been the matches where the writers and Vince McMahon have been able to flex their creative muscle <laughs> because it seems like in every Charlotte title defense, the finish becomes more and more out there with every passing month. Um, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head is they're trying to get heat on Charlotte for this. But at some point, you reach, uh, you reach a, a, a point where the finishes where she cheats or there's interference or there's these kinds of Charles Robinson, Dana Brooke finishes, they they reach their high watermark and you can't go any higher than that and eventually you start going downhill. Mm-hmm. It's like on a graph, you know? Like you, you've, you've gotten as much heat with these finishes as you're going to get. Now the more you do them, they lose their effectiveness. And I think that's where we've reached uh, with with Charlotte we've reached a point where these finishes are losing their effectiveness. They're no longer having the intended consequence of getting heat on Charlotte. They're just another non or another um, cheap finish to a women's title match. Mm. Yeah, I like the graph idea. Because I feel like at WrestleMania is when it peaked. Because you had all the interference from Ric Flair... And it built, and it built, and it built, and you got to WrestleMania, and you're like, okay, somebody's going to neutralize Flair. And it didn't happen. And Charlotte retained, and then you come down to, okay, Bret Hart's there, and, and that didn't work. Uh, and now we've got a, a Ric Flair's banned from ringside, and that didn't work. But it's not built, it doesn't feel like it's building to the epic climax. I, I, I think, if you look at the graph analogy, yeah, I think it peaked at WrestleMania, and they've kind of slid backwards, or slid downwards since then. And, and and now they've got to rebuild it back to another peak to get there for whenever whoever wins the title, um, and, and I yeah the the creative uh, man uh, yeah I, I have not liked the last two women's title matches. I certainly like the Intercontinental Title uh, match as Jamel brought up and yeah I, I mean I mean with with Miz having you know his wife at ringside with him and, and the dynamic they've developed on TV now and. Um, I, I think that Miz is doing, you know, the second best work of his career behind when he was WWE champion, um, when he cashed in Money in the Bank, you know, what was it, three or four or five years ago, um, and he, you know, he was pretty good, you know, it wasn't great, but it was pretty good, 
and then he went he went through a, a, a trough, a down a down point, and now he's back up. Greg, that's all the phone calls that uh, we're going to take here on tonight's live cast. A good solid discussion, a lot of big picture items, a lot of individual items within the show. Uh, good lively discussion with callers. Appreciate everybody calling in or emailing us here on the live cast. Greg, do you have um, final thoughts you want to touch on? Uh, something from the pre-show where you know, Dolph Ziggler lost to Baron Corbin and the Dudleys uh, did a random ECW promo and then were squashed by Big Cass. No Enzo either. Enzo's still on the shelf. Uh, any thoughts on the pre-show or anything else from the pay-per-view uh, or looking ahead uh, before we wrap up uh, the live cast tonight? Enzo's too big to make his return on the pre-show. <laughs> uh, That's you know, I, I listened to a little bit of the Dudleys promo and that really made me think of some sort of uh, new era versus old era feud. And I don't know if it was just WWE trying to push the new era, new era, new era type uh, deal, or if this was really kind of planting the seeds for something down the line where the old guard uh, and the new era, quote unquote, end up feuding. But that's kind of how it, how it felt to me. Although if they really wanted to do something, I don't know if they'd do it on the pre-show. Uh, but that's, I, I wasn't sure if this was just WWE getting that new era moniker out there and, and continuing to hammer that home, or if this is really going to lead to something. Yeah, you know, it made me think about, um, I'm going to draw a parallel real quick to what's happening in New Japan. New Japan is trying, with all the roster turnover, they're trying to reestablish the the previous generation, uh, the Yuji Nagata generation. And, um, and they set up a series where Shibata... Uh, the never open white champion, he beats, I don't remember the order, but he beat Kojima, and he beat Tenzon, and then he lost to Yuji Nagata. And so there was more of a, it, within this idea of the old generation, the new generation, there was a singular focus. You know, it was Shibata uh, trying to, you know, assert himself, the new generation, up against the old guard, and let's we'll see what happens. So he beat two of them, and he lost to Nagata. Um uh, this in WWE land, it feels more like a general like marketing where there's no specific individual feud happening. It's kind of like, you know, Dolph Ziggler and Corbin is kind of labeled new old. Um, Big Cast is more you know waving the banner of the new generation against the Dudleys. That feels a little bit sort of you know undercardish. Doesn't feel that important. And, and then you come to the main pay per view, Greg, and there doesn't really seem to be much of the old versus the new within the main pay-per-view. Um, well, I mean, Miz had a promo on the pre-show kind of knocking the other three guys. Um, so Miz was kind of waving the banner of, I hate the new generation. You know, he's kind of like the Dudleys. Uh, but they, didn't, they never Jericho put it up in the pay-per-view. Jericho Ambrose could fit in with that. What's that? Jericho Ambrose could fit in with that. Yeah, yeah, Jericho Ambrose kind of fits in with that. Yeah, definitely. And... They just, but they don't. I guess the, they don't have a. The like vaudevillains villains would have to be in the old generation, I suppose, <laughs> even though technically they're not. Uh, they would have to. They would have to fit in there, and the new day would be the new generation. They're the, the, the BC generation, you know. Uh, yeah. They're in the no. They're the the, the vaudevillains. villains. The vaudevillains villains try to join the the old guard, and they're like, "What? You guys are brand new on the scene." <laughs> no, but we represent the old generation. No, and they're like constantly being rejected by the. By the old guard, even though they're trying to curry favor with them. You're like, no, you're like, you're too old, you know, but you're new, so you don't <laughs> fit in. What do you, stop yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and Dudley's having this back and forth with Vaude Villains, like a picture, you know. Um, but, but yeah, but it's like you get to the pay-per-view, and they don't really, you know, there, there's no, 
sense of connecting that to and, mm-hmm. and and my point is I don't think they, I don't think it should be, but then they emphasize it so much in other aspects. You know, I think it should be the emphasis should be on the individual feud, or in the case of New Japan, like how they have it where the individual is Shibata, and he's kind of marching through the old guard, and then he lost to Nagata, and now we're gonna pause here and, and try to conquer this one. Um, but it just it seems like on some aspects they make a big deal about it, and other aspects they ignore it completely. I just the the, the thing just bothers me in the sense that. They, you know they only they only emphasize it when it's convenient, but it hasn't really enhanced any individual feuds. I don't believe. You know what I mean? It's just well, kind of like there. you said, it's a, it's it's a marketing deal, and that's yeah. basically the the long and short of it. I think. Yeah, and that bugs me. Um, but and not just like <laughs> bugs me like personally. I just don't think it. I don't think it benefits things uh, business wise. At least it hasn't yet. You know, we'll see in a couple months. Maybe they find some individual feuds. Um, Greg, as always, it's always fun doing the post-game shows here on a Sunday night. And uh, we'll talk in a couple weeks on the Raw post-game shows on Monday. A reminder, I'll be back on Monday night with the Raw post-game show. Same time, 11.30 Eastern, half hour or so after Raw concludes, right here at pdptorchlivecast.com. Uh, Greg, final thought before we uh, wrap up the show. Um, yeah, I thought there was just enough on this uh, pay-per-view to make it a thumbs up. Uh, the, the strength, the two, uh, the IC title match, and the, the main event um, match quality-wise, and I thought there was um, on the undercard aside from the cage match. I thought the right the right uh, wrestlers went over on those, which is really all you can ask for to continue forwarding the storylines and and you know pushing the guys who it looks like that's the direction they're going. So. Uh, thumbs up for me tonight. Yeah, thumbs up. I'm not sure zero to ten yet. I need to kind of sit down and think about it and kind of weigh everything out. But uh, a good a good show, you know, thumbs up show. And it just kind of varies the degree. But uh, good stuff, Greg. We'll talk again soon. Follow Greg on Twitter at Dragon Parks. Follow me at JC Torch. Follow our PW Torch main account at PW Torch. And of course, follow all the news coverage of the day every single day at pwtorch.com or pwtorchvip.com. If you are a VIP member, if you're not a VIP member, pwtorch.com slash govip is the place to go. So, on behalf of Torch Columnist Greg Parks, this is Torch Assistant Editor James Caldwell signing off for the livecast. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com.
Remember that book on your shelf that maybe you bought or got as a gift because someone thought you'd like to read it and you really wanted to read it and you never got around to reading it or maybe you started it and didn't finish it? Well, maybe you just don't have a lot of time to read, but you would have time to listen to audiobooks. Audible is a longtime sponsor of this program, and I've talked a lot about the new releases that I'm reading, new pro wrestling books, autobiographies, self-help, fiction, nonfiction. One of the things I don't talk about that I find useful with Audible is taking a book on a shelf that stares at me and taunts me that I just haven't had time to read, and I'll go look for it on Audible, and I'll download it as part of my membership, and I'll finally listen to it instead of reading it. One of those that I'm about to start is Moneyball by Michael Lewis. came out in 2011. I saw the movie. I have the book. I want to read the book. I haven't read the book. Now I've got it on Audible. It's a fascinating movie. I want to do a deep dive into the 10 and a half hour audiobook, and now I can. So that's an example of how Audible can be part of your life. And you obviously listen to podcasts, but variety's good, and Audible gives you variety. In fact, it's not just audiobooks with Audible, it's also guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, podcasts, A list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. So, check out an Audible membership. You get a free trial just for listening to this show. Simply go to audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade. Or text wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wade. Or text wade to 500-500. And you can get a 30-day free trial of an Audible membership. That includes their Plus catalog, which is a new thing. If you haven't been an Audible member for a few years or think Audible is about getting one book a month. Uh, It's not. With a membership, you have instant access to thousands of titles in their library uh, instantly. Download download them to your phone and, and listen. I'm often bouncing between three or four books at a time, depending on my mood and how long I have to listen. Uh, And now with the new Audible format, you can do that. So visit audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. Get more information and try it free for 30 days. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.